Hi everyone and welcome to episode 477 of Conversation Street for the week of the 28th of June to the 2nd of July. My birthday! And we're recording this a few days early so it's still not too late to get in your birthday wishes for me. If you want to, some of you are probably watching this or listening to this on the Friday or Saturday so whatever. I'm just so excited it's my birthday Gemma. Why are you excited? Is it my birthday? I know, well you've been, I've been asking you what you want to do on your birthday and you haven't been excited to come up with any plans. I know, I just don't know what to do because it's like you're asking me what to do on a Friday night and, you I know, got can't to record it, a podcast. No. I know. It, I, th- I can't remember whether we've ever recorded an episode on either of our birthdays before. I'm sure we wouldn't have done on your birthday before. But I don't know whether mine's ever fallen on it or not. But anyway, it's now Monday, the day, um, you know, the, the week before Friday. We've just been sitting through another three hours. Sorry, I mean, enjoying another three hours of classic Coronation Street on um, the ITV Hub. And we are going to talk we about... We haven't been watching classic Coronation it's Street. future classic Coronation watching Street. current Coronation Street. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to be talking about what's been going on with it this week. Week three of the ITV Hub previewy thing. So next week oh, is going to be the... to go. Yeah, one more to go next week. I'm, I th- and I'm all right in saying that this is the last week that EastEnders are doing it because they're only going to do three weeks, whereas Corey's doing four, I think. But anyway, yeah, we are going to be back to normal in a couple of weeks' time. But um, yeah, for now, we've got another midweek episode. Um, this is to do with, uh, what's my episode numbers? 10,362 to 10,367, by the way. Um, I don't know whether we've got any interesting other preambles to start the episode with. Nothing's been going on really in our lives this week. It started to rain a lot, hasn't it? And then we had this massive um, storm about hour or so ago and I was thinking that if this carries on we're going to have an awful lot of background noise for the podcast but it seems to have subsided now so it's all good so I'm ready to talk about Coronation Street Gemma no you've got to do a quiz I'm ready to do a quiz Gemma are you I'm not going to do it I'm going to read it to you read me your quiz questions and we'll see how I get on you got yourself some you got you got you got, oh, you got some score paper no I haven't right well, look, I've got I've got a Cornetto lid here you can no, you can I'm score useless. me on this no. oh you've got a Rennie's right, packet listen. okay this is 28th of June to the 2nd of July, years ending in a 1 and a 6, six <laughs> and I got the information from coronationstreet.fandom.com, a.k.a. Coropedia. Of course you did. Question number 1, 28th of June, 1961. Ina is convinced to join the fun at the over-60s club when it's realised she's the only one who can play which instrument? Harmonium. No, piano. No, it was the same, same thing. That's what they call. That's what they call piano in the olden days of Coronation Street. All right, piano. No points. Twenty ninth of June, nineteen eighty one. Who does Deirdre ask to give her away at her wedding? Oh my gosh, who does it? He gives Deirdre away at the wedding. Uncle Albert. Is that your final answer? Yes. Zero. Oh man. Alf. Who was it? Alf. Yeah. Oh Alf. dear me. Dear dear dear. Twenty of June 2016. What do the police tell a bereaved Jason Grimshaw on his birthday about his father? I'll um. answer no further questions about that <laughs> sentence which contains all the information that you need to know. His father's dead? No, zero. There was a clue in there already. What do the police tell a bereaved Jason Grimshaw on his birthday? 
is, is they suspect no. that his father killed zero. Callum. I gave you zero. Was it that? Yeah. Oh, I got it. Half a point. Well, they found the murder weapon in the flat and they believe that he killed Callum. Oh, come on, half a point no, for that. No, you I got get zero. Is it nothing to do... Oh, do I get a bonus point by remembering that um, Tony used to pile his tea bags up in a tower? Do you remember no, that? No, I was thinking about that as <laughs> That's well. That's all I remember when I think That's about him. That's like the only thing I think about Tony Stewart is like, he used to pile his tea bags up. <laughs> Just like Jason. It must be genetic. Oh, Jason dear, decides the heat on him is too much and leaves to go to live in which country? Thailand. Yeah, that's when you got right. Oh, so that was the end of Jason. We haven't seen Jason yeah, since. Yeah, no, that's have we? it. It's it. Five years. Yeah, five years. Jasonless years. Sad, sad. It's funny because I can't really imagine him being in it anymore. Can you? Yeah, I think he'd fit in. I know, but I just can't imagine him ever being in it. Thirtieth of June, two thousand and eleven. Why does Pete? What does Peter find in Stella's bag that leads to a shock revelation? And what is that revelation? Oh, it was the first of it a photograph of Leanne. And the revelation was that Stella was actually Leanne's mum. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, because that happened on the week of Leanne's 30th birthday. I know. God. How Ten years. Ten bloody years since that's happened. That has things going very, very quickly. I know. So, well, you know, you've got a handful of them left. Yeah, just father times playthings. Oh, gosh. First of <laughs> July 2001. Alma's cousin comes to see Audrey. What is his name? Richard Hillman. <laughs> That's the easy one. 2nd of July, 2001. This is your final question. Okay. The man who proposed to Rita only to be refused returns to New Zealand and Rita panics she'll be lonely for the rest of her, her life. What is the man's name? A man who proposed to Rita? Yep. New Zealand? Bloody hell, Michael, yeah. What other part do you want to... Re- uh, refused? Lonely? Um, Panicked? I have not got a clue. His name, he's got two first names. Go on. Anthony Stevens. Oh, Anthony Stevens. He was lovely. No, I do remember him. He was also very lovely and charming. Well, I know nothing about him. Yeah, well, you'll find out soon enough. Dead. Right. um, That was rubbish, wasn't it? Do I get a total score? Do I not want to know? Four. Four? Four out of seven? Are you sure? I thought it was three out of. Why did you give me a mark for Anthony Stevens then? No, you get three. You're right. <laughs> I just write. Terrible. Right. I don't know. You could have given me these questions for a birthday week, Joe. No, I think that should be another zero, so you got 50%. Oh, rubbish. It was really hard to do the quiz this week. I will say that. I found Go it on. very difficult. Go on. Who's got a birthday, birthday coming up? 4th of July, Jill Kerman plays Maggie Reg- Redman. 5th of July, Nikki Patel plays Amber Caroli. Ooh, Rexander Porinjuku. I, I don't know how to say her name. I'm really sorry. Alina Pop. When's her birthday? Uh, 5th of July. Oh, we're close. Do you know how to say it? No. I feel bad. Rexana Porinjuku. It's something like, yeah. That, that um, sounds right to me. 5th of July. Is that when's your mum's birthday? Is she the 5th as well? Is she the 8th? I will ask Nick. I'll answer your question. <laughs> 6th of July, dir- director Derek Goodwin. 7th of July, James Burroughs. He's Ali Neeson II. Yes. 8th of July... Sally Lindsay and Charlie Unwin and who else? Your mum. Tony Warren. <laughs> Sally Lindsay played Tony Warren. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm about it. Right. Okay. Well, that's, I, I don't know. There's what no need to make to any more of this. this. Episode. Let's hope that the uh, things get a bit better at this point onwards. But judging by the quality of this week's Coronation Street, I'm not so sure. Let's move on to Street Talk. Right, let's get going with this week's street talk then. And um, as I just alluded to, 
I didn't think Curry was all that great this week. Um, the first two weeks that we were able to kind of binge them on the hub, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I didn't particularly mind it because, like, some people were saying, oh, it's just like watching a big feature film of Coronation Street and, you know, when it's when it's really great and you, you want to find out what happens next, you get a chance to blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I found it a slog this week. I didn't find much to much to grip me particularly. Uh, am I alone in this? How did, how did you enjoy this week's episode? I thought it was fine. You just kept sailing out and saying, what happened? It's just that the, the mix of stories didn't work for me. I know that I've been enjoying the Tyrone and Alina and Fizz story, but I don't know, it just it just didn't hit the mark with me this week. And I think I'd, I'd been spoiled by a few things that were going to happen this week as well. Did you know much about... What? 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 Well, I'd, I'd seen that Alina actually was pregnant. Oh. The kiss I'd when read. When did you about... find that out? Um, Saturday maybe because last time we did the podcast, you were adamant that she was just ill. I know I was I was I was really surprised when I, when I read that. But I wish I'd been surprised by watching it. Uh, so I knew about that. Um, I knew that Gail was going to have a heart attack. How did you find this out? I did. I just go scrolling around the internet. Sometimes it's trying to find you know news or, or research or whatever for the podcast and and this week was particularly bad for avoiding spoilers i was i was moaning before the itv hub stuff happened yeah. that i'd be seeing spoilers all week if we didn't watch them as soon as they, yeah, they aired on tv and fair play to the coronation it. street fans out there i think everyone's been bloody good at keeping their lips keep sealed during the week because it's chill and no, thank you very much coronation I mean, we've to, had this conversation before about t- two times already about it's not a secret People shouldn't. People shouldn't feel obliged to keep quiet about what's happened on the hub. The only place that where you're not allowed, as far as I'm concerned, to talk about things that have happened on the hub is our Facebook group, because uh, we ask that people only talk about things that have been been aired in the UK, and by that I mean on television, mm. not on the hub. So you keep saying, oh, it's really great, everyone's not saying anything, but really, as I've said to you twice already on this podcast, <laughs> it is not a good thing that people are not talking about the show. I just I think people are being respectful of... And, I know, and the, but it, is it, it, it seems self-defeating like, for Coronation Street, then? It seems like the chats are still happening, you know, when Coronation Street is on. It yeah. feels like a lot of people are watching it when it's on, or some people are watching it again. I mean, I've, Well, I mean, I think you underestimate how many people watch the, the, the football. I think you yeah. think that it's, it's like a weird thing to watch football, but I think most <laughs> people watch the football, so um, they, they just kind of... Uh, what's it weave it into that mm. so it's much more natural for them to watch it I think yeah anyway speaking of football we got a bit of that football. in this week's curry didn't we we got James Bailey's storyline yeah. back again but that's not going to be our main story this week we're going to we're going to kick things off and I guess that's a footballing reference with Alina pops a bun don't in the oven don't pretend you don't know that kicking off is <laughs> to do with football I don't know about football <sighs> Um, so we got Alina's story. We got the bailout story, which is a story we called it about two years ago I when know, this first started. Really we this. have used bailout. He's been out to various people at various points in the past twenty-four months or so, um, and now it's all completely out in public. Um, after that, heart platack. Yeah, girls had a heart attack. Everybody yeah, this week uh, slash factory because there's stuff going on at the factory as well, and that's maybe related. So I'm tying that all in as well. 
Um, we're going to talk about Ryan being a DJ again. I haven't got a storyline title for that. I've not been able to um, whip one up in the last few hours that we've been watching it. Then we had a return to the Rovers changeovers story um, before fi- uh, finishing things off uh, with a bit of more of Summer's dire straits. Um, Gemma, I am going to pass over to you this week to start off with the main story or the, the Alina story. And um, this week, Corey's not been on yet, has it? It's Tuesday... Wednesday and Friday, I think, that this is actually on the telly. So um, for anyone who's listening at home that isn't following along or whatever, yes, Tuesday. And please excuse us if we say Monday at any point, because we're used to it. Um, I think Tuesday's when there's the England versus Germany match, I think. Is it? Is England playing Germany? Mm. I didn't know that. Um, Oh, one thing I just want to say about this week in general was that I really felt as though all of the scenes were slightly too long. There were a few lengthy scenes this week, weren't there? Like Gail and Audrey in the hospital. Character based. Like, it felt like a lot of. Like, normally I would say nothing happened then. You know, this scene was basically a waste of time. But I do like the sort of character building scenes. But I do just think there were a lot. A lot of them, and they all seem to be dragging it out a little bit. Like, for example, the Gail and Audrey in the hospital scene was really, really long. There was the Maria and um, uh, Fizz scene at the end of this episode, Friday's episode, again, just felt a bit too long. But I, I don't want to complain too much about it. Cause well, I no, like I don't want to com- complain about it character It just felt scenes. a bit slow. I don't, really under- I don't know what it was, because I would normally welcome all of these things. It just felt like it felt all fell slightly flat. I think somehow. maybe it just didn't, to me the scripts didn't seem to have the, the wit and the spark any, that yeah. was needed. There weren't so many zingers, not many quotable lines this week. No, I true. mean, um, yeah, you had Kirk who didn't understand what a nail file was or something. That was all right. Yeah, it was classic Kirk. And yeah. I'll say no more. <laughs> um, okay, right. So I'll tell you what happened with oh, Alina. You. Do, do tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need telling, honestly. You do. I, I think so I many times you. we were watching this earlier this evening. I was like, what was the laughing then, Joe? What happened in that scene? Go on then. So on Tuesday, in the, Alina pops a banner in the oven storyline. She's maudlin. She tells Emma about Kirsty, and she sympathises with Tyrone having to go through his ex dying and relates it to Seb. And um, he has to go and tell Ruby about it, but um, and she offers to go with him, but he declines. Yeah, so she's a bit sad at the beginning of the episode because she's still wondering whether she's pregnant or not after um, yeah. after Alina popped the idea in her head last week. So she Alina knows that the idea. Yeah, em, no, I think Emma told Alina, didn't she? Oh, maybe you're pregnant, and so she's been she's been mulling on this over the weekend, maybe. Despite a pregnancy test, <laughs> she does. You can, I've said this before on the show, but you can get them on Amazon. You can get the ones that the NHS use, really, 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 really cheap. What do you remember that scene where um this week where Alina had the pregnancy test and it fell out of a bag onto the floor? Ridiculous! And nobody saw it. No, sh- no. It that was, was the, that was the most that was the biggest suspension of disbelief. Just, there. Do you think it was just a sort of was it a meta? Was it like an in joke? Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Right. So Tyrone um goes over to number nine to t- to tell Ruby, um and Fizz also mentions that they've got to go and see George to organise this funeral. For Kirsty. Now, in the fact, is it in the factory or is it in the? I can't remember. But Sally's around no, Alina, and she tells, um, she tells Alina about Kirsty because she had no idea that Kirsty was abusive. She didn't know the history at all, so she was completely blindsided by this revelation. It's a bit crap that Tyrone had never mentioned it at all. 
I can understand why you didn't, but at the same time, it's still a bit... It's not nice You'd for have thought Alina. it would have come up. That's I don't know. all. It just goes to show you how little they know each other and how fast this whole thing has moved. Because how long did you say they were going out? Like, they've been going out for, like, two months yeah. now. Yeah, Okay, our alarm bells are just going off. <laughs> um, Tyrone and... Um, Fizz, sit Ruby down, who has grown into, a, like, a woman. She's like, sorry, parents, I need you to hurry up because I've got to go for my business meeting, for my business factory. No, she's not. She just looks big because we haven't seen her for a while and children do grow up when you're not looking. Um, they tell her about um, the woman who grew her in her tummy, who's, who's the mum, even though Fizz is her forever mum. Oh, yes, her forever mum. <laughs> um, and Ruby's like, okay. Yeah, we They're get like, the They have of... to say, well, yeah, she's like, whatever. We, okay. Yeah, we didn't get a mega reaction from but Ruby I, there, did we? I think we, that but... was fairly appropriate. They sort she of knows. say to her, it's really sad, okay? And she's like, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Were well, they just telling mm-hmm. the actress there, this is a sad You've scene that you're in, child. She, she nods, <laughs> and so they decide to go to the park so that she can think about whether she's sad or not. I mean, Ruby is no hope is she because if hope <laughs> hopeless if hope had been told about this she'd be immediately calculating how much ice cream can i get out of this yeah oh i'm really sad oh i would like to have a present i would like to watch television can you right. have a sleepover i want a rainbow flavored candy floss yeah Ruby's Ruby just, just like, like oh, whatever go to the park, go to the park there's, there's no reason why she should have been like mega sad really she's only gonna really get what this means as she grows older. Yeah, okay. just, I mean, come back in, you know, six, seven years' time when she, she has really that teenage about tan- it, yeah. Yeah, angst attack, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's still whatever about it. Alina there is dropping her pregnancy test, um, looks over and sees Fizz and Tyrone talking together and gets really mad. And um, when Tyrone turn- returns home to her, she's looking really annoyed and she's in a snit with him about being with Fizz. She's like, oh, you spend all your time with Fizz and having happy families. And um, I found out that you, that's all about Kirsty and you didn't tell me. And Tyrone's like, well, it's hard to talk about, um, to be honest. And this is all really hard. Um, yeah, and she says, what's even with me? And he's like, yeah, even yeah. with, yeah. Yeah, I, because I, you weren't there. Ex- yeah, it's... He, he he will talk to Fizz. Fizz saw about exactly what happened. She, she lived through it. And there's with still him, stigma partly. of there's still the stigma of being a male victim of domestic abuse, unfortunately. And Tyrone um has got a lot to think about with that. And I don't you know, for all the best one in the world, Alina's the young He's thinking tough not... guys on motorbikes don't get beaten around by their by well, their partners, do they? perhaps he's embarrassed and he doesn't want to, to make Alina think less of him. No, I, I'm sure that it's no, just but... a, a part of his life that he wants, wants to, to forget. Yeah, put under the carpet. Well, he shouldn't be embarrassed, but I can see why he would feel that way. Yeah. I'm not trying to make out that he should be embarrassed, no, I'm just no, saying. No, um, so anyway, she's crying in the bedroom and then she comes out so Tyrone can have a go at her a little bit about her being immature, basically. And then she reveals that she's pregnant. <laughs> I can't remember how it came up now. I don't know. No. Um, In the most dramatic way possible, she, I'm He's sure. completely stunned, and she's, like, waiting to find out what he thinks. And, and he just doesn't really say anything. And she's like, oh, I can tell you're not happy because you didn't say you're happy. And he says, all right, I've got a girl. I've got to meet this... I've got to do this funeral thing. Um, I'll talk about it later. So this was like, honestly, 
there's no there's no really good time to break news like this um if it's going to be perhaps bad news <laughs> but is but, it bad news that's what she no, was kind of floating there wasn't well, she well i know but he's already have got a lot of stuff on his mind she's obviously emotional because she's going to be the one that's carrying this child and that now she's thinking he doesn't actually even want a baby with me but why on earth break it to him right in between this revelation that he was abused by his ex, who's now dead, and then having to go to see the Blumen funeral director? She really did not pick the best time. I think he was, because he was winding her up, he was having a go at her, and she's, she couldn't keep her mouth closed, could she? Just no, like no. she couldn't keep her legs closed. No, rude. Tyrone goes to the undertakers, and they're basically like, stick her in a cardboard box and chuck her in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want something nice and cheap, don't they? All the way through this beginning part of the week, Fizz is, I mean, the, the writers are going to town to make out how understanding and lovely and nice Fizz is, isn't yeah. it, aren't they? And, uh, well, she's and supportive not, of she's Tyrone. Not, it's not out of, this is completely within her yeah, I think so. personality, and she's just helping him out because. He's clearly very out of sorts be... and distracted during this meeting with George, and Fizz has kind of taken over, isn't she? They might not be going out with each other anymore, but they're still family. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, cardboard coffin which Fizz wonders whether it's going to fall apart. I think she forgot that Hayley had a cardboard coffin, like, you know, her friend from work. Yeah. So but they just... Maybe it was a proper um, economy model, literally. Yeah. It literally just says, Recycled like, Recycled brown box from Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is one of Underworld's older um, yeah. rejects, isn't it? it George here. goes fishing around in the bins. <laughs> What's that box? Well, it says thongs, but I think it's Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> they go out Fizz and Tyrone go outside and Fizz is like look I'm really sorry I know I used the kids against you uh, we've got a, well, let's just sort out proper joint custody 50-50 you're the only dad you've got and they're the only kids you've got of course only you would ones. say that right now the only ones and he just walks off he doesn't even say anything he literally just turns around and walks off <laughs> he didn't say well actually uh, Evelyn overhears Emma blabbing about Alina being queasy and um, and stuff and she's like, oh, God, Emma leaves and Evelyn finds out from Tyrone she that is she indeed is indeed up the duff. Yeah. Um, she starts lecturing and going, oh, yeah, Alina's probably done it on purpose to ensnare you. I mean, war a catch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no, nobody would do such a thing. Stay out of it. Nana, or whatever he calls her. She gives it, Evelyn says, haven't you heard of contraception? And it's like, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone goes home to Alina. Everything's a bit awkward. He says, I'm really sorry. I was I was um, horrible to you earlier. How are you feeling about it? And she says, I hadn't even thought about it. It doesn't really make sense to have a baby now. And then she starts to talk about it, and she's very sweet. She says, oh, and I saw the little... Blue line, I was so excited about me being a mother and having a baby. It's so exciting. And Tyrone's like, one over almost immediately. Like, she's talking about get, seeing a postcard and wanting to go to Brighton for the weekend or something. Not like 18 years of <laughs> hard labour. Yeah, Tyrone says, let's just, this, you're right, this, this whole thing has been crazy. Let's carry on being crazy. Yeah, why be sensible now? <laughs> let's have the baby. And Alina's like, oh, let's be everyone. And she gets a phone out and Tyrone's like, no, 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 we should wait until the 12-week scan. So on Wednesday, it's the funeral for Kirsty. He's looking for a tie. He's tie isn't he? Yeah, he can't find one. She's like, oh, Ty, what, 
be a great name. Or did he say that? I can't remember. Okay, she's okay. got morning sickness still. She's not going to go with him because she's feeling unwell. So um, Tyrone goes out looking for the, for a tie and asks Evelyn and she got one. She's like, no, we don't sell ties. Literally, the number of deaths and funerals and everything they've had on the street, you could literally knock on any door. And or, some people have a whole wardrobe sort of black ties. Or for they could just sell them at the corner shop. Yeah, they might as well. Killing. Evelyn scoffed at the fact that, yeah, of course Why we haven't got we have ties, ties, but well, we really should. They should, or, or, or George should just have like a drawer full of ties. Yeah. I'm sure that they've got stuff like that. And if they don't, why not include it in the package? Mm. There's one for you, Todd. Maybe they go off to uh, get one from John Lindsay. Has he been released from prison yet? Is he back in the whole tie-selling game? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, he's, tell- he's telling Evelyn he doesn't have a tie. And Viz overhears that Elena's not coming to the funeral because she's sick. So she goes, sees him later, gives him a tie that belongs to him anyway. Or maybe it's Jack, she can't remember. She says it was back at wardrobe. Yeah, she found it. And she says, look, I'll go to the funeral with you. So they go off to the- We don't see it, but they come back. Yet another funeral we have to play out in our imaginations. <laughs> Been a lot recently, haven't there? Seb, Ted, yeah. Yeah, now Kirsty. Come back, there were only six people there. And Fizz invites him in for a drink. Um, and they sort of relax and he's drinking a beer and she's saying, oh, we'll always be linked together, I'll be there for you. And uh, Tyrone gets very uncomfortable and leaves. And then Fizz tells Evelyn about the fact that um, she was having a nice chat with um, Tyrone earlier and Evelyn's like well let's just hope that it's that you guys stay civil with one another because mm-hmm. she obviously knows but she, uh, uh, gotta keep know. it a secret yeah much more dramatic if you keep it a secret Evelyn it's got to be that scene where Fizz finds out and gets mad yeah anyway on Friday Alina's got this midwife appointment but it clashes with Tyrone going to the solicitor to talk about Kirsty's probate and she says she oh I'll go I'll go with you but Fizz is going instead so Alina's like mm, a bit annoyed because she put Fizz put out of her place yeah because I think it was the the solicitor's appointment and then the the clinic is literally straight after yeah if so, only there was a, a solicitor's and a clinic on the same street, literally. Maybe there's a way of doing it. Ten metres away from each other, oh wait. Evelyn and Maria think Fizz is a bit foolish for still getting involved in Tyrone's life. Then, Evelyn sees Alina outside the medical centre, um, and she's uh, basically says, Tyrone, I think, is a bit worried about the fact that you're pregnant, like, as anyone would be, really, in his situation. Tyrone and Fizz come out of the lawyer's office and he's like, oh, I've got to go, I've got to go meet up with uh, Lena, um for lunch. And he tries to lose her, but he doesn't manage to because she stomps after him. Yeah, he's Fizz. telling her, yeah, he's telling her that he's going to go and eat chips for lunch. She's like, oh, I want chips. That's <laughs> exactly what I would do. I would not <laughs> lose, buy in, I would not lose a man who was off to buy chips for lunch. I'd I'll, be I'll get some chips shadow. in the old, um, maybe they'll get some drugs there as well. Here that they do both. Hmm, yeah, can I have extra salt, please? <laughs> so, she follows him, and then she sees them both going into the medical centre together, and she's like, oh, what's wrong with you? And Tyrone says, <laughs> Tyrone and Alina look at each other like, oh, no. <laughs> and then... jigs up. And then uh, Tyrone says, well, Alina's uh, got an appointment with the midwife, and Fizz is like, you! What? So much for keeping that quiet for 12 weeks. Well, exactly. She storms off. Evelyn follows back at home. She's moaning about how upset she is. And Evelyn's talking and she's not really giving anything away. And I was thinking to myself, 
Oh, that's this is quite refreshing because I thought they were going to have an argument about the fact that Evelyn knew already. So I'm quite glad that Fizz hasn't tackled her about this. And then suddenly she goes, hang on a minute, you knew about this before, <laughs> didn't you? Why didn't you tell me? And he was like, well, it's not down to me. I, I, she's like, oh, you let me go to the funeral and the solicitors with him. I feel used. I feel like a right idiot. And Evelyn's like, look, it's not my fault. Uh, it's Tyrone's job to tell you, not me. I thought he would do it himself in his own time. And Fizz's like, you should move out. I don't Whatever. blame I don't blame Evelyn for keeping this. Of quiet. course she should have kept it to herself. It's not her it's not her bloody job or her mess. It's not her secret. She um she knew it, she would have known it would have just made things an awful lot worse, especially with the funeral going on. You don't want this drama blowing up at the same time as well. And also if it's saying, Oh oh you used me, you used me she volunteered to go and help him out with all this stuff. She wanted to do it. Yeah. She wouldn't she um, if she had been mad at him about knowing that Alina was pregnant and not helped him, she would have just felt guilty about mm. it later because she is a nice person. So anyway, Evelyn um, <laughs> goes around to see Tyrone and says, look, <laughs> now look what's happened. You gr- you need to grow up and show some respect for Fizz. Totally agree with her. So um, Evelyn comes home and Fizz is there and she's like... Um, no, Fizz comes... Evelyn goes home and then Fizz comes home afterwards and Fizz is like, earlier on, I threw no, you out. What are you doing this? No, stuff? Evelyn comes through the door and Fizz comes down the stairs. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, and she says, well, I'll move out, I'm mad, but I am 74, I can't do it right now. So do you mind if I... If you don't make me homeless, please? And then Fizz is like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm being overreacting there a little bit. So she puts the kettle on and makes her some peace treaty tea so i assume the move's off it seems like it well it was it? kind of ridiculous for her to even say she should move out i mean honest. the people who are on team tyrone at the moment were probably foaming at the okay, mouth oh, she's so that's not even fizz's house oh, to throw Evelyn fizz. out of <laughs> which I, it is very true it's hilarious <laughs> i know um the other thing that's interesting is that they went to see the probate for kirsty's will and he's obviously been left some money but nothing substantial no i think it, i think they said she basically hasn't got anything which is yeah, what again, you one of the reasons why she had had such a cheap funeral. And she had nobody there. Yeah. And he's the one that is the person who's responsible, even though, of course, he really shouldn't be. Mm. So, um, yeah, I thought that was weird because that could have been a good opportunity to put the cat among the pigeons as far as, like, if he got a massive inheritance or something off of Kirsty, and then, you know, Fizz probably wouldn't have thought anything about it until maybe Maria would have said something like, that should have been yours, you know? Yeah. If you were still together, then you would have got that. And then maybe Fizz would have started to go, yeah. I think any money that has come from Kirsty should be going to Ruby, yeah. not Tyrone, not Fizz. No, I agree with you. But put it oh in. Well. Put it in a, what's it called? Premium bonds. Yeah. So anyway, she puts the kettle on. Um, Alina says to Tyrone that, um, I know you're so ashamed of me, of the picture, of the baby. And he's like, no, I want this more than anything. I love you. And so they... Are she, you sure you don't just fancy me? Yeah. So she she just says, oh, fantastic. Let's go and have a lemonade at the pub. And then she has orange juice. I know. Was a... I was like, this is complete rubbish. I can't watch this anymore. Absolute. Who's in charge of continuity? Come on, continuity is ridiculous. So anyway, they go to the pub and they're talking with Kevin, and we find something out about Lena that we didn't know before, namely that she is a bit of a jokester. 
That's such a prank. Along the same lines that I am, in which I say something that's stupid, that's obviously a lie, and then people believe me, and I think I've fooled them, and it's the funniest thing that's ever happened, but nobody else really finds it that funny. But we also learn that they have this little thing, don't they, between Alina and Tyrone, where he says, oh, tell me about it. And she goes, oh, tell you all about it. Oh, great, that doesn't sound like it'd get old instantly. The hours must just fly by. What? No wonder Emma is um, so happy to continue sharing the house with them. I bet they're, I bet they're begging for a third lockdown, aren't they? Just so they can spend time together <laughs> Talking. entertaining each other with their witty repartee. Yeah. Like because, we do. Exactly. They should start a podcast. They should record it. <laughs> so one of her funny jokes was, we will call the baby Kevin. And Kevin's like, oh, really? And she's like, no, stupid name for baby. <laughs> and Kevin's like, what? Hang on a minute. You've insulted me twice but now. No need for it. <laughs> Fizz comes in and everything falls silent like she's just the stranger that's walked into the saloon. Um, and Alina says, oh, you should join us. And Fizz is like, no, I didn't, didn't want to. I only came here to, to meet up with Maria. Um, she's being very snarky, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, Alina's just a bit a upset and embarrassed about this. Tyrone's well, caught in the middle. They always look embarrassed because they kind of... I mean... Fizz has been very... Um, well, she's she started off a lot more confrontational, didn't she? And she's reined it in a bit over the last few weeks. But, but now she, keep... she realises that she's preg- that Alina's pregnant. She's gone well, right yeah. back to every single time. Fizz sort of goes, "Yeah, all right, okay, I'll I'll, I'll back off. I'm sorry. It's your life. Do what you like." Suddenly, something else happens with with Tyrone, and she's like, "Oh, for God's sake!" Mm. Just makes her mad again. <laughs> like, I've bought a motorbike. I'm having a baby. We're buying a house. Kirsty's dead. It's always something. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I don't know. Mar- this is when Maria, t- t- Maria goes and yeah, waits outside. She waits outside, and they go off to the bistro together, so they don't have to hang around at the uh, at the pub. So um, Alina and Tyrone go home, and Alina's like, "Oh, I wish I got to Romania, and you and my dad can help, and he has gun." <laughs> And Tyrone's like, what? She's like, no, stupid. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to? I don't, I don't know anything about Romania. I don't tell you about my abusive ex-partner. You don't tell me about whether your dad actually has got a gun in the sideboard or not. Yeah, and and um, it's a bit weird because really, I mean, it, I guess it's not really weird because I haven't known each other for that long. But I can't imagine, like, having a baby with someone being like, you should probably meet your parents. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um go back to the home country. And then she and then she says he should sell the bike and she, he's like, ha ha ha. She's like, No, I'm not joking. Really, how are they supposed to like they bought it to have fun together and she can't go riding now. No, not when she's got a bun in the oven. I mean she can if she wants to, it's her life, but I would imagine that she wouldn't really want to risk I, I it. I might advise against it. It's not down to you to advise a woman about what to do with her body. <sighs> maybe when she's she is going to enough. maybe she is going to lose the baby in a freak motorcycling accident. Maybe. That sounds like a proper Cory thing to happen. Tyrone and Alina in horror bike crash. Yeah. That's the headline. Um, Maria and Fizz chat about Tyrone and Alina and Maria's like, you you know, um, Alina's mad to be getting out of Tyrone. What's she seeing him? <laughs> Fizz is like, hang on, what do you mean? Dopey mechanic, pushing yeah, 40. He's like, yeah, I mean, he's not a catch, is he? And he's got two kids and, um, and Fizz is like, no, don't be mean about him. And then Maria's like, doll, don't you end up going back to him? And she says, I will never go back to him. Even if I could clip my fingers now and have everything go back to normal, I wouldn't do it. I don't want anything to do with him. I'm going to look to the future. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it was kind of left as in a, 
we don't need to have this storyline for a little bit longer now, wasn't it? Don't you think? It was, um, it felt like, yeah, we can put this one on ice maybe for, let's say, 12, 12 weeks. weeks. Exactly. <laughs> and then there's some kind of scan drama, which is fine because it has been dominating quite a bit over the last few weeks. Not, not that I complain or anything because, as I said, it's probably my favourite, well, second favourite storyline of the year after the, um, after the Seb and Alina one. But I, um, I, it, uh, just this week, it kind of felt like it was outstaying its welcome a little bit for me. I'm ready to, to give it a bit of a break. It's going to raise... I mean, it's a very cliche soap thing to happen. Like, a very unlikely couple who seem wrong for each other immediately get pregnant. And you're like, this is a bad idea. Everyone else can see it but them. But on the other hand, there's a lot of interesting things that could happen as far as um, culture clashes between Alina and what her idea of how to raise a child might be, because Romanian ideas might be different. Yeah, I've got no idea. also the age gap difference between Tyrone being a bit older might have different ideas about, you know, what what you should do and what you shouldn't do with a kid. Mm, mm. And he, and also they're talking about having more than one kid as well. We're like, oh, out yeah, of nowhere. Will. No more than two, she yeah. says. Yeah, all right. Um, Let's just get the one out first. Well, do you, what, what do you think? Wow. Is, is she going to give birth? What do you reckon? Birth, abortion, or miscarriage? The, uh, no, the classic Cory conundrum as soon game. as somebody gets pregnant. Classic bad taste soap I was, I'm obviously not very good at predicting these things because no. I was convinced last week on the podcast she wasn't even going to be pregnant. So I, I, I think don't that know. she's going to have a baby and it will be, you know, it's going to be February, March that the baby... I, I, I don't need a baby to be a millstone around Tyrone's neck because I, I really don't see Tyrone and Alina staying together in the long term whether or not he goes back to Fizz that's another matter but I can't picture them you know setting up home and and, and settling down together for years and just like, having this this kid it's a it's a very Corrie thing to have I mean all the, half the men on the street have got you know, illegitimate children who are spread around the country illegitimate it's not such a thing anymore <laughs> um but yeah, I, I could do without it. No, I, I'm and not I wonder doing whether he, I wonder whether she'll like you know have a have a, a miscarriage and then he'll realise that he's had a lucky escape or. I wonder whether um, she might say that they have to get married. I don't know if she's traditional. I don't know what Romanians. What the I? She, she doesn't strike me. I I I I think that maybe that would have she even does. come up already. She strikes me as... Um... Unless she's just going to assume. I, I mean, I, I think it'd be quite fun to actually see her parents come over because is this, this is the first time, or at least the first time in a long time, that her parents have been mentioned. And I think it'd be quite cool to have this, you know, Romanian couple coming over. Not that they're allowed. <laughs> they go to quarantine for a bit. It um, and not, not in Weatherfield, it doesn't. And then kind of demand that Tyrone makes an honest woman out of their daughter. Maybe that would be enough to put him off because we saw earlier this year just how adverse to the idea of getting married he is because Fizz wanted to get married to him and he he didn't seem fussed about it I think maybe he'd feel like he was being backed into a corner maybe so yeah I could see that potentially happening so do you reckon the baby is gonna you reckon the baby's gonna come do you yeah I reckon so mm. I don't know I'm 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 generally wrong about these things but i'm going to say no I, there's no particular reason for them to have an abortion although i mean maybe maybe he still might want to go back to fizz mightn't he um he the, the way that they were talking this week it did kind of feel like a reconciliation could be still on the cards no matter what fizz was saying to maria at the end of the episodes i wouldn't put it past coronation to try and put them back together or for tyrone to realize you know i, I realize what i'm missing here and 
maybe Alina, or, or maybe Alina can even think that, okay, let's say Fizz gets another boyfriend, yeah? And yeah. Alina thinks that she's actually secretly seeing Tyrone. So in a in a fit of Romanian passion, she gets herself off to the abortion clinic and gets rid of it. I don't I know. I don't know. I think Coronation Street um, would be rightfully cautious to use that as a sensational plot trope, which is always it's always been a good staple of, of soaps, you know, to have the termination storyline but yeah. i just don't think that it should really be used as sensationally anymore i suppose times have changed a little bit over i the don't years. i wouldn't necessarily yeah i mean um i don't know i, d- I don't i don't think it's going to go down there but I, I, also, I did also think today speaking of fizz finding another boyfriend Oh, I just got a twinge of the soap phrase of doom when fizz and maria were saying oh it's so good that we're still friends and i was thinking what could that mean could Fizz, you know, be seducing Gary I know, over, I was, the, over I was, the antiques? I was glad that Maria reminded us that she and Gary are back together again. Yeah, I was we, saying, we do need reminding of know these what, things. I, I can't remember. Are they back together or not? Yeah. I don't know. I can't see in any reason why Gary would fall for Fizz or vice versa. But, you know, but why they not? work together. And, exactly, it's all it takes. Uh, and, and there's been, yeah, lesser reason than that in the past. So, yeah. potentially, potentially... Um, yeah, as I said, I'm ready for it to, to take a break now. now um, you... I thought it was interesting that um, I can't remember who it was, but they said to Tyrone, "How do you feel if it's the other way around and Fizz was pregnant with a boyfriend?" And she, he was like, "Oh, yeah." At first, she says uh, it was it was like Evelyn, wasn't it? Yeah, she said, "How how do you feel if the she was, was on, on the, the other foot? foot?" And he's like, "Oh, I want air." What did he say? Gas and air, or? Oh yeah, because they were talking about if you were to, he thought she meant if, if you he were was get giving pregnant, birth. He goes, "Hopefully, oh, I have gas and air." And Evelyn's like, "Ah, you idiot! You don't even know what you're talking about. Shut up!" I know. Nobody asked you about that. Um, now, Joey, you've done a little bit of research for this, haven't you? Because they were talking about potential names, yeah. Um, and you did a little bit of um, a look online about top Romanian names. So, yeah. uh, do you want to read out a few? Because you got them here, and then maybe we can try and pick some for the little pop. But I don't know how to pronounce some of these, so. Um, Basically, look like um, English names, but spelt slightly differently. So by, by English, Andre, we mean you know traditional Hebrew usually names. Well, you don't think that they were called Matthew and Mark in the Bible, <laughs> do you? Well, you know from from um, Andre, spelt A N A N D R E I. Okay. Uh, David Alexandru. Well, Alexandru with nice. D R U on the end. Gabriel or Gabriel, I don't know. Mihai, Christian, Stefan, Luca. What's this one? Ionut. Ionut. That's a good one. I wanted to recall my own. No, what's this dogs. underneath the T? I don't know what that little. Um... Darius. Yeah. Or for, for girls, Maria, Elena, Iona, Andrea, Sophia, Alexandra, Antonia, Daria, Anna, and Gabriella. Oh, so... look, Elena is actually on there. Yeah. Can't call her that. No. It's elite. It's Alina. Okay, well, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Ionut if it's a boy, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that, so I do apologise to any Romanian listeners. And for a girl, um, I don't know. Oh, there's Iona, isn't there? Yeah, I think Iona. Iona and Iona is is what we're gonna call these new kids. Um, Uh, Do Do you think that? Tyrone actually does want this kid, or is he just kind of going along with it because he's he knows that he's can't really get out of it now, and he, he's maybe scared of losing Alina. 
I, I don't know. I don't think it's as difficult of, of a choice for a man to decide whether or not he wants to have a baby or not. Because number one, it's not down to him anyway. Number two, he does nowhere near the same amount of work towards raising a child on the whole and certainly doesn't have to put his body through all of the horrible things that a woman has to put her body through to have a baby. But there's still quite a lot of responsibility when you're a dad, whether or not you have to, you know, oh, look. physically give, but what? Um, to pronounce... It is either units or a unit. Okay, well that'll be alright then. A-unit. Yeah, I, I think that. The, I mean, the I fact don't want to put. I don't want to put men down because I know that quite a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast. Pretty, I mean, if you if you were the sort of person who was a horrible dad, I don't think you'd want to listen to us anyway. But you know, I know that there's some really great dads out there. But the, you know, biology is undeniable, and women have to do a lot more of the. Yeah, yeah, of course, work. but. Once, th- th- there's still the whole thing about being tied down with a kid, and I I think that I just get a feeling that he thinks, I I I've I've I'm on this bus now, <laughs> and I kind of need to go along with it, and and if I say no, then I could be left without Alina. This isn't going to take me. Either back. of them would neither of them would have picked to have done it. No, but but she seemed genuinely excited about the idea, and he just seems to be going along with it, just like he's going along with the outfit, just like he's going along with the picture, just like he's going along with everything that she's suggesting, the silly phrases on the wall, and it feels like, in a way, the baby is just the latest one of these things, that he has to be like, yeah, okay, then why not? Um, Also, it's another example of how they're at a different point in their lives, because... She's right at the beginning of her life and looking forward to all the things that he's already had, like a baby. Mm. I suppose Tyrone has seen that um, Kevin has been able to, you know, raise a baby. And, and he, I mean, Kevin wasn't as old as Tyrone. How old was Kevin when he when he became a dad with Jack? I'm not sure. Old, older than older than this, I guess. Must have been. Um, it's not so, too late for us, mate. And, and he was he was raising Jack on his own. So I guess Tyrone to think. If oh, he, he made it look it. easy. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, and well, then... I don't see how if you if you loved Alina as much as Tyrone professes to, and I don't think he's lying. Um, he how would you he look at her? He does. And go, no, we we shouldn't really have a baby because look, if he views himself as her longtime partner, and she wants a baby, it's now or later, isn't it? Mm. And he's not getting any younger. That's true. This that is, is the thing true. they haven't spoken to each other about most of the big things that you would talk to your partner about if you had known them for longer than two months. Mm. He's thrown his whole life away with Fizz and he's starting again from scratch with Alina. Yeah. I'm interested about the fact that he did say that he loves her because he, he, know, he knows what love is because he, he has loved Fizz. He has loved Maria in the past, I and guess. Kirstie. I mean, and and yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I, I can't remember the details of Maria too much, apart from you know my favourite scene ever. Um, or what maybe that was just a teenage crush. Maybe he looks back on that stage of Maria as just being an infatuation, and I wonder whether he thinks, do I feel the same way about Alina as I did with Maria when I was what, 17, 18? Or do I feel the same way about her as I do with Fizz when I was, you know, actually properly in love with her? Is it, I, I, it just feels like he's, he's kidding himself. I don't... I think it's... 
Do I, I love her in the same authentic. way as I love my new yellow bike? Yeah, but I think it's authentic, but I don't necessarily think it will last that long. But, you know, he's not the first person to ever run off with somebody else mm. in the history of mankind. No, you no. You know, you're acting like he's the only man who's ever done this. <laughs> I'm just standing up for my fellow blokes here. We're an what honest, are you saying? We're an honest how are you bunch. standing up for him? No, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, let's let's move on to the next story then. The bailout story. It, which, which, like I said this earlier... This was like, what? I just, this story's back again. Well, I, I kind of couldn't why, remember... Bef- I couldn't remember before this happened um, whether he was out, out publicly or not. So he I'm glad was. That he wasn't. He was... He'd been talked about on social People media. People said that he was gay and, and he didn't say yes or no. He said, yeah, he didn't say one way or the other and he yeah. told his manager that he was gay. That's right, he had to come out the, to the, the, the... Yeah, the press at like, Weatherfield oh. County had kind of buried the story somehow and then just didn't get talked about for the next 12 months or so. Um, and now it's out again because it is Pride Month I was going to say, literally, if you can just imagine them at the quarry office going, right, okay, what's topics for June can we put down? Football, um, Pride... Hang on a minute. <laughs> didn't we have a didn't we have a story about that two oh, years ago? Wasn't that gonna be the guys, big thing? <laughs> I thought of an amazing idea. <laughs> I kind of feel that sometimes have they got like all the Coronation Street stories, <laughs> like in a in a in a uh, in a filing cabinet or something, and then sometimes you know, when you're looking through your filing cabinet, you find a little screwed up bit of paper at the back and you go, Oh, oh yeah, we were gonna do something with this, oh, weren't we? Crap. This is really important when the Baileys came in. This was gonna be the big leading story when our new family came in. And then in. they say And then oh, we kind of forgot about it. Here's another bit of paper. Let's just open this up. It says DD. It's not even a word. Throw that away. Here's another bit of paper. It's the report. <gasps> Quick, put it back. This report, this report shows up everywhere. Under, underneath don't talk bed, about it anymore. Don't, don't put it mention away. the report. Never bring it up bring again. Back Wayne. Right, so Tuesday's episode, James tells Michael he's a bit worried because his manager has called a meeting for him and his form has dipped at the end of last season, which for us, you know, non people who don't really understand football, that means he's not been kicking his balls too well. Okay, you can't. That can't be true, though. Why? Because because if he truly had been like a bit crap at the end of last season, the manager's a bit rubbish. <laughs> well, the he? manager said, "Yeah, your form has dipped, but um, we still want to make you the main get, but person." It's been, it's been getting it better again, or something. I don't understand what this thing about having someone else's shirt means. What do you mean? Well, what do you well, think? Well, well, Doesn't get... he already have a shirt? No, because he's not a proper... F- oh. He's in the, you know, the under-team. He's an under This is where my <laughs> lack of football knowledge is really showing. He's not in the main gang. He's in the he's in the sub-team. Yes. Yes, this, maybe. Or is he in the youth team? I don't bloody know. But anyway, he goes along to this um, this meeting with the manager in the bistro and he shares confidential information yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah. Tommy O is only retiring. What? Tommy, hey. OMG, he's going. Oh. I can't believe it. I can't believe also that wasn't the main... Look, if I think, they're, that, listen, I think that Tommy O's secretly been sacked for um, affiliating himself with Evil Corey. Yeah, exactly. Um, if they wanted to get the heat off of James for what happens later about him coming out, they should have just released the information that Tommy O was retiring because that would have taken over... The, the headlines, nobody would have cared about James. Well, they, they must have done, surely, because wasn't the press conference on Wednesday to say, I'm the new signing? I so know it was like, kind of so hijacked Orpington's a bit by I'm gay. I know, Tommy Orpington's there going, oh, 
Right, bye then. Yeah. So I'm not even at the press conference. Don't even get a bunch of flowers or anything. Do you, can I just point out, guys, that you could have invited me because you had three jugs of water on the on the desk for one man. What was that about? Yeah, this massive press conference where the only people there were James's uh, family. Parents, yeah. <laughs> so proud of your son. Anyway, carry on, Michael. Um, anyway, so James gets Tommy's number nine shirt. Amazing. Wow. Uh, he's pretty chuffed by this, and they're going to have a press conference on Wednesday to share it all with the world. But so don't tell anyone before that. Every Don't tell anybody. Oh, wait. Apart from t- everybody. He tells Ronnie, who's dead pruffed. He's a minister of proud and chuffed. <laughs> he's child. <laughs> child? <laughs> I say child he's very you. Proud. <laughs> Of his nephew, James, when he hears the news. He's like, you could you could be my son as well, I don't know. And then, guess who rocks up at the bistro? It's only Danny. Now, I've forgotten who this was. I mean, I knew Not who he Danny was. Baldwin. But I couldn't remember how they left it. I thought that they hated each other. I can't remember. Maybe we should have looked this up. Did you ever do a Danny. little bit of research on the history of Danny What's-His-Face? This is where it came out about... I, I think it was just Go the fact that just turned itself off. I think it was just the fact that James wasn't willing to commit to coming out in the open, and James uh, and Danny didn't want well, to be. Oh, that's right. Danny secret. was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to hide." Yeah, so I'm he, not he goes hide off. My love. Uh, What's the point of going out of a footballer if you can't buy a wag shirt? I, you know what? I wondered whether this story was delayed by COVID, and I, there's no particular reason why it should have been, apart from the massive snoggeroo that they had in Wednesday's episode. But it was it's just so many things that about this storyline dragging out for so long, and it's kind of picking up where it left a year ago. This very well could have played out last year i don't know anyway um so anyway danny shows up at the bistro he's getting a new job in france he's going to be a top chef uh, james is sad about i think that one. you're quite optimistic to think that an english chef can go to france and teach them anything no no about no cooking. yeah but you don't get it he's really good he's really good at it yeah yeah he's, right. he's the new zidane nazir <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um that, so Danny offers to have a catch-up drink with James. Um, and they have a lovely little old chin wag, but there are some nasty blokes watching on the next table along and they're making Can fun of the fact that these two are having a chat together. That they were having a drink together, these two lads, who were looking at another two set of lads going, oh, they're gay. Like, so are you then. <laughs> I think um, if the, it was the fact that James, they knew who James was and they knew that there had been rumours circulating about his sexuality and they think they've, got, they've stumbled upon some juicy goss here. Um, so they're they're kind of nudge nudge wink wink winking away and and taking photos on their phone and everything and doing a little s- secret tweeting, um, and 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 uh, Danny and James meanwhile are kind of none the wiser about that this is going on. Um, Danny's apparently been beefed up a bit by all this building work that he's been doing, and James says, "Oh yeah, you look quite nice actually." Um, but Danny kind of spoils the mood a little bit by telling him that he's off to France tomorrow for the chef's job, and he just really came to say goodbye. So, um, so originally James and Danny, um, it, I think it was their relationship that made Ed find out. That yes, James it was. was You're gay. right. Yeah. And then um, they James sent a social media message to to no, no Danny sent. That's Danny right. That's sent right. One and he's like, he accidentally just posted it on Twitter instead of sending him a DM. Going, that's right. He didn't know our DMs works. And then everybody found out. And then it says here. This is from um, Corpedia. Although he tried to ignore the rumours, he eventually, James, picked, picked up, plucked up the courage to come out, finding it generated a mixture of abuse and a support from many quarters. So he has already come out. 
Oh, I don't know. You're right. That does sound odd, doesn't it? Anyway, let's let's. It doesn't. He's 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 went back in again, (laughs) and now he's coming back out again. Yes. Um, Danny says, "Look, um, I'm buff. I can't remember what's going on. I'm going to France. (laughs) I'm going to France. Um, and, And James kind of admits that he's he's been kind of looking a bit on the dating sites and everything, but nobody's ever, um, you know. Nobody's tickled as good as his fancy as much as Danny did. Yeah. Uh, and Danny says, look, well, are you, are you going to be serious about this? Are you, are you properly going to come out? Are you going to be my partner in public and everything? And James like, refuses no. still to commit. So Danny football? leaves. Um, James goes back home. Ed's also been told the news about this promotion by Ronnie and he's dead excited for him. James tells Michael about Danny um, and he ends the episode going, oh, I don't think I can ever be happy hiding in the closet like this. What am I going to You're do? You're doing a poor job of it. Wednesday so you've already um, come out once um Michael Michael is um got something on his mind first thing on Wednesday because it turns out that James is all over social media again how James has managed to avoid this why well, his he said phone wasn't before he's not he didn't look on his phone he's been hiding did his he, phone oh did he say did he I well he said that, that to the manager he's like well you haven't okay fair enough then so James um James is all over Twitter again and, um, people are being mean. People are being horrible to him about it. Um, he, he he kind of stomps out, um, and he's gone to go and see Danny one last time. But oh no, Danny's already left for the airport. Oh, that's it then. And I can't go to the airport because it's outside the. It's, it's outside the court. past the ring road. Yeah, it's outside the Coronation Street set. So what can I do? Let's go to the press conference. So the, where's the, the, it being held? The only hotel in Weatherfield. Oh, that's how convenient. <laughs> um, so the manager wants to talk to James. He's not mad at James at all about all this fraud that he's it. caused on social media this morning, or that he has been part of. It's not his fault, obviously. Um, and he's he's very understanding as the manager. I thought I he don't did. Think it, it's he was... the manager. I think it's the press. Man. I was at the press man, and he also was in it before. Yes. And he... Hang on a minute, because I, I looked this up earlier. He's got a I gay brother. him. That's right. He's like, oh, I shouldn't tell you this. Um, <laughs> his name is George Bakari, and he also was in Happy Valley, and he was in Years and Years. Oh, interesting. So I thought I recognised him, and that's where I recognised him from. But he was also the press officer the last, last time year, he last came year, okay. out. So James says, no, I don't want to postpone this. Let's do it. Let's get it over with. Let's tell everyone that I'm going to be number nine. Um, and, well, yeah, because and Ed gives like, him some stirring words about... of support beforehand, saying, only you can be captain of your own ship. He basically is He's like, not the captain of the football team, though. <laughs> not yet. He's, uh, you, you, you'll make your own decision about what you want to say here, James. So we start speaking to the press. Then Aggie turns up. She's back from seeing Auntie Corona, isn't she? And it's she? weird, because that they don't nice. mention why she was gone. But everybody's like, oh, I'm so glad you're back, as though she had left, for, like she'd been in the mood with them or something. Well, no, she's gone visiting her I know she has, but I'm saying... She makes a nice surprise the return. The way people which... react to her being there yeah, okay. is bizarre. It, it, her, her coming back kind of spurs James on, um, as does the persistent questions from whoever oh, it was that are asking. The, the journos Aren't via video evil? link. Saying, and they're all smarmy and nasty. They just, they just want to know about James's sexuality because all these rumours, they don't care anything about his football. No, um, well, and, and, look, and the press guy's there saying, I don't want to talk about this. This no, isn't what we're not, here for. No. Anyone getting your football questions, anybody? Um, I mean, honestly, though, they're probably all there going as well, like we are. Oh, I don't know what to ask you about football, to be honest. It's boring, isn't it? Have you, has it always been your dream to be footballer? What do you do yeah. when you're 1-0 down? Are you good Try at a bit harder. How do you decide to win a goal? How do you prepare for a match? What's your favourite type of shoelace? 
Um, anyway, James gets fed up with all these um, personal questions. So he says, I can't do this anymore. And then he commits it. He says, I'm gay and I'm a Pisces. And my favourite food's mac and cheese. And Maggie's watching going, yes, with strawberry jam on the top. Just how <laughs> always makes it. Um, the questions still keep coming though. None of them about football. One guy says, "Oh yeah, one there's one guy that starts. He seems like he's he's understanding. He's oh, like, oh, I'm so so proud people. of you, James. You've done such. You're so brave coming out like this. By the way, have you got a boyfriend? And then James is like, No, I haven't. I ain't oh, got a boyfriend. I, I nearly one. had one. Oh, I really want one. You've gone to the airport. Um, I yeah, I, I'm really annoyed by how horrible the journalists were. Yes. But it's also their job because if they went to a press conference and uh, f- when a footballer's just come out as gay and they didn't, they were like, no. Then they get the, the, the editor goes, so, so did you get a good quote about him being he gay? He likes black football. He likes fat black shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> black shoelaces are his favourite ones. Hold the front page. <laughs> they said, well, did you get a good quote about him being gay? And the journalist goes, oh, no, I was too polite to ask him. How dare you? <laughs> of course they're going to ask him. Everybody, that's I the know. only thing anyone wants to know about. All the people who, who like watching this go, oh, yes, journalists are horrible and smug. You would have read an article about footballer comes out as gay before you would read an article about footballer likes mac and cheese. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, the fact is, I mean, when this story came out eons ago, we talked for quite length at just how, you know, serious, just how... Well, homophobic, football is homophobic. Prehistoric, the historic, the the, the football industry is with regards to... Football industry. I don't know what it is. What is it? In regards to homosexuality. And I I remember getting quite, being very, very surprised and and irate about the fact that there are so few out footballers and how, you know, managers encourage their their players to stay in the closet because it's not a good reputation for the club. There's obviously all the abuse that they get on 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 the pitchers and everything so this this is or this if this happened in real life this would be huge news because there's literally got one or two yeah in the whole of the league yeah. that have come out and yeah, there's no, I don't think the, there's anybody in the premiership no i don't no i think you're right um and and some there's been publicists that say oh yeah there are definitely more gay footballers we know some but they're they're it's too scared. They're, but they're too scared to come out because of the reaction that they get. So this this would be huge national front page news. Well, I mean, like this double is scamming. Probably quite interesting to to um yeah to uh, Americans or anyone who follows the NFL because recently, um, Carl Nassib. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but he's the first active NFL player to come out as gay and that only happened a week ago. What's NFL again? Is that National Football League? Oh. I don't know. That's their football. that's their rugby, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. American football. He's a Raiders defensive lineman and he came out on Monday Good on his him. Instagram. Oh um, really it was just this week? Last week, yeah. Last week. Maybe so, James inspired by him. So um it's very topical because, you know, that and it's not just an English football or British football or European football problem, or even just a football problem. It's all tied in with like it's the toxic sports. masculinity yeah. and sports and and um, also the fans and how horrible they are, and and the fact that you know you can be attacked for anything. So why wouldn't you just keep it private because you know? Mm. But then you feed into the problem by making it seem as though it's normal to all everyone be can be straight. Mm. That's not how it is. No, no. Anyway, good on you, James. Um, so it all goes 
as well as it could be and, and the Baileys come back they look like they do one of those boy band cover shots again with uh, James walking down the, walking road, down yeah. the road all equally spaced apart and, yeah. uh, and uh, they, everyone's proud I was really I was kind of glad I was thinking this feels very unlikely like that he would come out at a press conference and he'd only get a few annoying questions and he'd just field them and then everyone would go home and they'd all have mac and cheese and be happy but then I thought to myself there's plenty of time for repercussions later on for him to you know struggle and face against people that are going to moan at him and for a bit of realism to sneak in here but just for the fact that it's it's pride month and also it's just nice to have a seat like a, a an episode where nothing horrible happens to somebody who's well, just come out it starts off as horrible I mean? doesn't it with it with but the, he's come out yeah and then nothing and everything bad happens no so so i'm i'm sh- you know there are plenty of stories where somebody comes out and you know immediately horrible things happen to them we don't need another one we all know that we all know the reality i, the I imagine that there may be some kind of repercussions no, but here you see in what I'm six saying? months time just for yeah, the yeah, fact absolutely. that um it was really, just to give people nice. that nice dose of happiness yeah it was very it was a fuzzy kind of feeling in your fuzzy. in your tum um although i will say that at the very end of the episode when Danny shows up with his bottle of wine and his wag t-shirt and everything and they go for the snog and literally everybody on the street happens to be walking past I at that time like that. and they all applaud them that was a little bit cheesy yeah so hang on a minute so they, they've come back Joseph is there um, it's nice to imagine it is nice that that would happen but I just felt like it felt a bit like you know here's a bit of honey and would you like some sugar on top mm. Yeah, just just when they had everybody walking down the street. I Alia just happened to be walking I don't down like and... cheesy either. This is, it was a bit cheesy. Yeah. I mean... What I did like, what I thought was funny, when Tim and Steve come round. Oh, yeah, that was funny. This was funny. And they've got their cami They're now fanboying yeah. at, at, at James, aren't they? Like, he's in the big team now. Yeah. The, the way, like, oh, just, we... just the way they were with can Tommy we Orpington. Go? Can we go to the pub? Just Steve's like, oh, I hit him with a baseball bat once. I yeah. came after him with a cricket bat or wherever it was. Yeah, that that was quite funny. That was fine. See, that felt to me like... Um, I, don't, I guess it's because they were just excited about the fact that he had been promoted into football. And I like that better than Joseph saying, well done that you came out. Because I think that perhaps perhaps um, James would agree that he didn't really want to be congratulated for coming out. He just wanted to be accepted. Yeah. And so Tim and um, Tim and Steve just going, hooray, football, let's get drunk. That was, that felt more yeah, ex- no, yeah, accepting than, you know, than uh, Joseph just sort of mm. saying that. Um, we didn't get much of the story on Friday, did no, we? No, hang on, we haven't said though. What? They go in and then Michael comes and yeah, goes, oh, can't, yeah, but you didn't put it into context. So Michael comes in either. and says oh, come outside, there's someone special. And he goes, oh, I wonder who this is. And I was like, oh, is it DJ? DJ did get a mention earlier, forgotten about she? Danny. And um, they go outside. He's standing out there and he's got his bottle and he's all ready to have a celebration. And they all kiss and it's um, Coronation Street's first... Uh, yes. Kiss. Post-Covid mm-hmm. kiss. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, that was good. They, they, I, I, I read a little bit about it beforehand because I'd, I'd seen a spoiler about it. And... Um, so I go, oh, did they bubble up or something? And um, yes, they did. So it looks like 
I, I guess it means that if they can do it for them, then maybe they can start to do it for a few more. Well, I don't know whether it needed to be now. done. The, the only time I felt like, oh, I really don't see, oh, this feels like awkward to me and they needed to hug was when Alina and Tyrone agreed to have a baby. And I felt like that yeah, needed a hug. That needed a hug this week. Um, but, you know, I think um, I really liked the fact that uh, the first kiss that they did was, you know, such a meaningful and significant kiss um for pride month and for the character of james but i did not need the round of applause <laughs> and everybody on the street like it was the blooming um into pub olympics again or whatever it was it's, you know yeah i i'm not in for that kind of stuff i think it would have been more significant to me if there'd been any kind of a build-up because this story has been on ice as i say for like a year pretty much and then we have monday to wednesday and we're there already. Like, if we'd have had months of, well, it's you know, also, will they, yeah. won't they. And also, um, I don't care about James particularly. No, no offence, James. And also, don't know who Danny is. Exactly. So, like, um, it was really nice, but it would have been even better if I'd given a crap about either of the characters. Yes, I um, agree. Yeah, totally. But anyway, whatever. It was, um, it's, uh, it's... Even if it had been, like, you know... Uh, Asher and Nina maybe and they'd had some reconciliation because I know, they but the were thing kind is, of though, sweet earlier this year to be fair really I can't imagine anyone any other characters the but James and Danny eliciting that response because we were watching them clapping and the claps for us were for not just the fact that he came out as gay and for pride but also the first kiss on yeah. Coronation Street in over a year so that that's what the applause and the cheers were like. Hooray! We're kind of finally getting back to normal after the pandemic, after months and months of fear and death. Suddenly, happiness, romance, love, everyone clap. I don't imagine any other characters, people like lining the streets to clap them, because in the show, the world of the show, they were clapping like yeah. overcoming homophobia in football. Yeah, yeah. And also celebrating the fact he got promoted, which I think is probably, you know. More money. <laughs> so um, but is, he still definitely... is he still going to be living at number three with his parents and his brother? Yeah, do you think uh, Aggie and Ed are like, hooray! Put so this means you're going to move out, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Friday, or Danny stays overnight, doesn't he? He comes down I, and Ed's yeah. like, Ed's beaming Ed's happy, about it. Which like, is funny because, is yeah, this was all the, the drama that was caused when James came out was all because of Danny. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he comes comes down the, the new banister, doesn't he? And um, then there's a reporter that comes to the door, still wanting more gossip. And um, Danny sort of shows him uh, shows him the door and says, oh, I'm on that butler, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, and and, basically, and all, all that happens on Friday is they... they um, He's on the front page. They managed to Off use... Off the Weatherfield Gazette. Yeah, with, with that publicity shot from, again, from a year ago, that one of um, James looking all angsty in the changing rooms yeah. when they were going to have... You know, it was for that scene when um, one of his teammates was nasty to him in the changing rooms and he stands up to him. Yeah. And they had one of these... Um, yeah, these posh, uh, posho atmospheric um, photo shoots. I don't know how they managed to get hold of that. <laughs> really. Um, but... Yeah, he, the headline is out. Mm -hmm. And if I was them, if I was um, a subscriber to the Weatherfield Gazette, I'd want my money back because there's a section specifically for football at the back of the magazine, at the back of the newspaper. It doesn't need to be on the front of the of the thing. It should be on the back with all the other football, yeah, boring this football is big news. news. No, it's boring football news. I'm not interested. I wasn't sure about how they had out just tucked into the left-hand corner of the picture. 
Just thinking about the layout of the front page. The whole thing. And you had a problem about an exclamation mark touching an advert. I was really mad <laughs> on, about on it. On Monday's Gazette. <laughs> the spacing is terrible. That, that shows how much we weren't really paying attention to the show ourselves uh, itself, that we were picking up things like that. Anyway, um, Danny Mike gets was a job. mad about it. James doesn't care. Yeah. And, and then Danny looks like he's going to get a job at the Bistro, which ties it up all very neatly and nicely. Because Debbie, Debbie marches in and um, James says, oh, we could work for you. And Debbie's like, hmm... I maybe handily need a chef at the moment. So they're building up their bistro staff now, aren't they? They've got, they've got Danny, potentially. They've got Curtis. Oh, um, yeah. Who else is... Maybe that's oh, it's it at the, the moment. Gang. They, Daniel does still work there, no? No. I, mm, or I does he work so. at the Weatherfield Gazette now? As <laughs> well knows? as being a teacher. <laughs> who knows? But, um, yeah, Daniel's article, that made a front page on Monday, didn't it? The, yeah, the double, double scammy. scammy. I'm just thankful that he didn't manage that. What would they have, what would they have led with otherwise? I don't know. Well, Daniel hadn't come along and saved the day. Hold the this front page. This is why page. I couldn't work in local news because of the stress of like not knowing. Like I've, I only have to come up with one cover every month. And if I haven't got the, the cover in the first week, I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm so nervous. And this is the daily thing, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so are you, are you glad this is all out in the open now, even though we kind of weren't completely sure whether it was out already? It's good. Uh, Again, I can't really, um, like, my outrage at the fact that this is even a thing kind of clouds my thoughts about about the story itself because, you know, the world of Weatherfield, it seems as though, I don't know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, in, re- in real life, this is still a massive problem for football. So, so is it really right to go, oh, good, I'm really glad that this happened on Coronation Street. It just kind of makes it, it seem now. worse that it still carries on in real life. Mm. Uh, it doesn't feel that this story's in any way big enough that it is going to make, you know, footballing types go, hang on a minute. Oh, I shouldn't be horrible. I shouldn't be a bigot. People because already... Cor- because Corey aren't making a big thing of it. They're like... I don't know. They're, this they're, is they're like, putting it's it like... out for two weeks, once every six months, and you want to change the world with that. Well, it's it's a start. I mean, Haley, Haley being transgender on Coronation Street led to real social change and acceptance in this country. But that's where they had a very compelling character. They had a story that continued <laughs> over the course what are you of months to say and about years. Uh, and yeah, this one just doesn't. They, they, it just it does, feels like they've the thing is, yeah, it. The thing and is about Haley's story is that we watched her overcome the challenges and win people around and confront bigotry head on. And um, she was in it for so long that l- the laws changed and we got to see her actually get legally married to Roy. And it just feels like with this James football story, they've gone, well, that's it then. There's no more problems for him. Glad we solved that one at last. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume that there will be some. I kind of hope so, because I don't want to, you know, find James boring, but he's just a bit of a non-entity of a character, and, and Danny's even more so. Dan, Danny seems nice enough. I know they both seem nice but, enough, but, like, that's that's good for if they live around the corner from you. Yeah. It? Like, oh, yeah, Danny and, Danny and James are a nice couple, aren't they? Not to watch on Danny, though, necessarily. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you've got Danny and Curtis, who are both... Bland. Personality less. But they're, they're empty vessels, aren't they? So maybe maybe something will happen with them over the next six months. P- well, possibly. you know, there's no denying this was a very meaningful story and this moment was a very um, positive one. And it, is, it does mean something to have it on Coronation Street during Euros. 
because it's going to be on when people are watching football. Yeah. yeah. And people are going to turn over to Coronation Street or watch, you know, finish watching the match and then watch Corrie and see this really significant thing. And perhaps some people will be challenged to change their perceptions. But it's like, one you of like those things that if, yeah. if, if it makes one person change their mind or makes them think again, then... Or you just go, I, you know, is this really anything that I need to concern myself with? I don't really know. Mm. But then again, I mean, I honestly also do think that with stuff like homophobia in football, it's probably only about, you know, 1% of all the people have a problem with it. But that number, if they're the ones that are making noises during a match and booing and making horrible comments... You don't need any more than that to ruin it for mm. everybody. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what it must be like to be um, James and have to deal with the fact that not just people are racist towards you, but also homophobic. I kind of hope that the story will go into that because if they all tie a nice little bow on it and say they've now it's sold and James doesn't do get that. any, re- yeah, exactly, we're totally naive. I don't so think they, they need, will. And, and, and I think it would be good for James's character because he is a bit, you know, Blank. a bit soft. But at the for, same time... For, for him to f- have fight against but it. But this is what I mean about, like, I don't need it to go into that territory now because it's Pride Month and I feel like we should... The spirit of Pride is to be proud of yourself and to celebrate who you are. And we don't need to be reminded about homophobia because we all know, even more so if you're gay, you, mm. you don't need to be reminded of it during this month. Yeah. So let's just celebrate this relationship and this love and acceptance and then we can come back to tackling homophobia and the trials that james will have to overcome Mm. at a later date but i just think it would be almost i don't know not disrespectful but it you know it's not we don't need to focus on that right now Mm. that's what i'm also what i'm saying just just have a happy positive moment and then circle back round. (laughs) so do you want me to tell you about what happened yes what has been going on with the plaques this week now you, you made me read, read this because you're done with Gail now. You can you can read it however you want. My no, notes no, but say I'm comedy Gail's doing a comedy singing again. I'm sure that when no, people saw that, they, they knew what I was going to say about it. But I'm it. saying like you you've you've been done with Gail for a while. But I think yep. this week you just kind of wanted her to die. No, I did not want Gail to. Oh, you know, maybe it would have made things easier if that heart attack had been a bit. No, there's still. I'm sure. I I I'm there's. Something redeemable about there Gail. There is something redeemable about Gail, but having a start the week doing a stupid singing again. About being an and, octopus. And being an octopus, it's like, oh, seriously? That's just, oh, give me, they just don't know, is it? They, they, they don't know what she used to, oh. Anyway. So she's having a singing and David is making fun of her, as David does. Nick comes around and wants to know about Sam and Gail says, I literally can't tell you because Natasha says, you know, I'm not allowed to. And David says, oh, for God's sake, Gail, just tell him. And Gail's like, no, I'm not allowed. Then Sam and Natasha are walking along outside the tram stop and Nick runs into them. Natasha's not happy that he's there. Um, And uh, Sam's like interrogating him and having a chat with him and everything. And then um, Natasha whisks him away because she just doesn't want them. Honestly, Natasha, you're playing a stupid, dangerous game here. If you think that you can just send Sam round to Gail's house... And Nick will never see him. I know, it's ridiculous. I'm going to cut you out of my life completely, but your mum can still homeschool him. Yeah. Why is he being homeschooled again? Because he's so smart. I can't remember. Is it to do with the the goons coming after him or something? I don't know. I don't know why you'd ask Gail. I know. What does Gail know about anything? Nothing. On Wednesday. (laughs) She doesn't even know what the lyrics of songs are. They could just get Daniels to do it. 
Yeah. He's already doing Daniel's a bit. doing it. He's doing already. a bit of tutoring. Why why tutor why get I can't Gail? Remember. Why not get Kirk to tutor him maybe or uh why not? You might as well. On Wednesday, or Gail Gemma. Gail's ribbing David's ribbing Gail about schooling Sam, says Nick should do it. Um and Gail says, Oh, I feel ill. And I was just literally talking to my mum about um heart attacks in women and how they present differently because I said it on the show on the show before on the podcast that women because you know the classic symptom there's like oh nobody knows this but you always get a pain in your left arm and you have a heart heart attack and that's like everyone's fact that they think nobody else knows but everybody knows that smelling toast that's when you have a stroke you can smell toast but you can't put your arm up to ask for some (laughs) that's how you remember but in women we don't have arm pain we have other strange, um, stranger, less obvious Well, Gail thinks symptoms, that she's maybe got some indigestion. Including, yeah, feeling just unwell. Um, which is not helpful, is it? Thanks, biology. Yeah, yeah again. <laughs> so anyway, Nick, um, Nick tells Sarah he's selling his underworld shares because he wants to spend more time with Leanne. And Sarah's like, oh, no. Um, David goes on the phone to Gail and tells her there's a leak. That was a weird scene, wasn't it? Was, it? it was a bit that weird. That was very... Um, Get very, um, this was the week in, to me in general, though. It felt like there's a lot of like you put more effort into that, that than he really needed to. He got a load of pans on the kitchen floor, squirting them with a water pistol, or trying to try and convince Gail to say rather than just phoning Gail up and saying, There's a leak. I know. Um, so anyway, she rushes home with Sam, and David says, Her, it was a joke. I just wanted Sam to, to be here so Nick could see him. And Sam says, Please, please, can we? I won't tell anybody. And Gail says, no, this is bad idea. And then Nick comes home and it, and it it becomes apparent that this is David's idea. He's cooked up all by himself because Nick didn't know anything about it either. Um, and he's like, no, I can't be here. I've got to go. If if Natasha finds out, she'll go mad. Um, and Gail's like, oh, this, I can't be bothered with all this arguing. Come on, Sam, let's go. She goes outside and has a heart attack. And Sam's there going, oh, no, I think I know exactly what's going on. And he goes in and he's like, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, Nick and David were in the middle They're of They're arguing, and he's like, um, Granny Girl's having a heart attack. <laughs> David is just complete denial. He's like, really no, you're, you're not. Whatever. Attack, um, Sarah comes out, and she's like, ah, what's going on? And Gail's like, I don't want any of you. I want my mum. I want my mum. I'm going to the hospital. Because they're all bickering. She's like, this is your fault. All you bickering, all you kids. You're such pains in the bum. Um, you're, you've given me a heart attack. So... She goes to the hospital with Audrey and leaves all them behind. At the hospital, <laughs> Audrey... Audrey's rapidly become my favourite character of all time, I think. She's there at the hospital with Gail. And <laughs> she's just eating grapes. And, and Gail's like, you didn't need to stop and get me grapes, Mum. You could have just come straight to the hospital. And, and Audrey's like, no, I was buying grapes when I found out you were in hospital. <laughs> so that was lucky, wasn't it? <laughs> so she's there scuffing Gail's grapes. And um, Gail's moaning about how awful her children are and how she wants... Um, she's just saying she's how like, much drama so there is in her life like, and everyone I, takes was, advantage of me yeah. and I've been running myself ragged being a mum for, you know, 40-odd years. Like, I, when, I, when I had my kids and they were young, I was excited about what it would be like when they were grown and uh, they just walk all over me. And Audrey's like, well, it's kind of your fault. You're a bit of a doormat, really, aren't you? Um, you should be hands-off like me. <laughs> and all, and Gail's like, um, 
yeah, you are a bit, you are a bit useless. And, she, and Audrey's like, no, no, it's benign neglect. I read about it. <laughs> She's so great. The thing I love about Audrey is that girl's literally there going, mum, I've had a heart attack. My life is so stressful. I can't cope with my children. What should I do? And Audrey's like, just be a crap mum like me. And girl's like, you failed me. You failed me as a child. And Audrey's like, whatever. Grapes. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's great. So anyway, she's like, um, I thought I'd, um, I'd, uh, everything would change when I bought the house, but turns out that nothing changed. Um, and I never get anything back. And Audrey says, who do you want to be? And Gail says, a person. Haven't I done my bit, ma'am? I really, I kind of sympathise, well, I definitely sympathise to her with Gail because I think lots of women think um, that having children will fulfil their purpose in life. And then when the kids don't give a crap about you and just take advantage of you or just take, just don't care, they don't seem to care about you at all, mm. what are you supposed to think then? Don't know. And I guess we'll never find out. Well, you know, like I would love to have children, but sometimes I think to myself, is it better to not have any than to have one who just is like, turns out like blooming Terry Duckworth or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't <laughs> know. David. Yeah. So, so anyway, she's just, she just fed up because she feels like her identity is being stupid Gail. Yeah. Which, you know, is she wrong? Not really. Audrey goes back and she tells David and Nick off about taking advantage of Gail. She says, Gail's going to leave Weatherfield altogether. Oh, no. And everyone goes, no, she's not. Well, that didn't make the headlines when like, when Ken said that he was leaving the street last year, did it? Well, this is the Just trouble. Just goes to show how much the viewers like. No, uh, because we haven't actually had it on the show on, on TV yet. Will, oh, yeah. Will there be articles on when, Wednesday night going, shock, horror, Gail leaves Weatherfield. Curry Gail's... fans stunned by the revelation that Gail is leaving Weatherfield. I mean, she already went to, to, so she went to Thailand, Thailand didn't once. she? Came back with her plat. She's not going anywhere, is she, really? On Friday, it's Leanne's birthday. Happy birthday, Leanne and me and Sue Devaney. Nick and, and Lee Boardman. Simon uh, jump out and say, surprise. And again, I've said to you before, it's not surprise, is it? Because it's a birthday. Um, she gets birthday shoes, which was quite nice. Um, Nick and Sarah are talking about something or other at the factory. And he's like, oh, I can't do, any- I can't do that. I'm seeing to Leanne all day. <laughs> uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, he goes to get his, Leanne's birthday cake from the cafe. Carla's in there and he says, will you sort this deal out for me that Sarah's banging on about? And she's like, no way, I'm not, I don't work there anymore. Um, Sarah and David go to visit Gail in the hospital and it's been confirmed that she's had a mild heart attack. And David's like, whatever, I don't care. And Gail says, um, I need peace and quiet and gaze into, gaze into a pond. And while she's Not talk- too late to fill the sinkhole up with water, you know. I know. And she can stay there. We we saw evidence of the sinkhole this week, didn't we? Yeah, there was some... Um, there were some railings up railings. when David and Ryan were putting the washing out together at last. Can I just say, I, you know, forget talking about being progressive and saying, isn't it wonderful that we had a gay kiss as the first coming out of lockdown kiss on, on Coronation Street. Forget that. Two men putting the washing out. My heart broke. I was so happy. I was like, I'm so glad I lived to see this on television. Two men just putting the washing out. Progress. What times we live in. But they were both doing it wrong. But anyway, I'll tell you why later. Yeah. <laughs> so, where are, yeah, so you said about the sinkhole. Um, 
but we're not talking about the sinkhole. We're talking about the fact that she wants to relax. Sarah gets a call from this client. He's like, what's the client's name? Georgie Porgy or something. <laughs> She's like, oh no, I can't believe this. It's like JLF, JLS, I don't know. J-R Hartley. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, the client's been abandoned. So poor Gail's trying to talk to her children about... The fact that she's had a heart attack and they and like she, Sarah can't even get off the phone for five minutes. She rushes off and nags at Nick for abandoning the client. And says, "Oh, you should do your job or find someone who can." She's gonna live to regret that mm. because later on, she's talking to Adam about the fact that she wishes she could afford to buy Nick's shares of the factory, but she can't. And Adam says, "Oh, I'll give you some money." And I'm like, "I thought you were married. What's going on here? This is very strange. I don't understand this at all." No, like, isn't what hers is his? And well, she's like, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't accept that money from you. What? I'm confused. Like, surely she should come to him and I say... I think maybe they've forgotten that they're married. I don't know. Some people have different ideas about finance. We all share everything, don't we? Yes. Um, because I thought that was the deal. I didn't know I could say no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll invest in it. And Sarah's excited. And I just, I just find it a bit weird when you have a married couple and one of them's grateful that the other one's going to help them with money. Mm. Like, okay. Surely you both benefit from this if it works out all right anyway. He was only going to be a, um, like a, a silent partner as well, wasn't he? Well, he's going to, yeah. Do you remember when he first came back into work uh, the, the, on his last return and he swaggers onto the street with his big cigar and he goes into the office like, basically like, remember me? I'm Mike Baldwin's son. Yeah. And he's like, he wants to take over. He kind of sees this as his empire. and Well, he points of... out that this is like his legacy. Yeah. And I guess it was worth doing because probably lots of people have forgotten or don't really think about the fact that he is Mike Baldwin's son. Mm. And like you said, when he first came into the show, there was a whole thing, a whole plot about him wanting to be, to take his birthright. Yeah. So this is just another sort of manifestation of that, I guess. Mm. So they go to the Rovers. Um, Sarah's phoned Nick up and left a message on his phone to say that he's that she's wants wants the to buy his shares. And she's like, oh, guess what? Um, I've got some great ideas about the factory because they have nobody listens to me. And I'm thinking it's probably right that nobody listens to you, Sarah, because you don't seem to know what you're talking about. Anyway, yes, yeah. yeah, the website. She says, oh yeah, the main thing is to sell clothes cheaply. And something to do with, I can't remember. She's been working there for a fair while now, but she's shown me no reason at all to have any faith in her being able to run this single-handedly or, you know, with anybody, really. She doesn't... She doesn't feel like no. the factory boss. She no. seems like... she. It was like the storyline has decided, let's put her there for a bit because they need a boss temporarily and she's just stayed Parked there. She's there. just hung around. She makes about as much sense working there as Toya does. Mm. Speaking of Toya, she turns up at Leanne's house and finds out about um, the fact that Nick's selling his shares at the factory. She she gives Leanne presents and um, candles. Leanne's oh, like, lovely. "Oh, great candles!" And and she goes, "Toya, oh, there's also a voucher for a chocolatier in town who teaches you how to how to make chocolates, and you could take Nick or me. I don't know. I don't mind." <laughs> to- Toya's inclusion in this scene seems fairly superfluous but it's like one of these things that it's it's Leanne's 40th birthday so yeah. maybe Toya should be there but we don't really know what to do with her <laughs> just like, get her, yeah. not complaining about seeing Toya obviously but 
the scene could have happened just the same without her. And I can't remember whether Toya is supposed to be vegan or not, but I know she's, no, she's a vegetarian. Not, no, no, she's definitely vegetarian, yeah. So you can have as much chocolate as you like, yes. then, can't you? That's just cheating, really, isn't it? Nick comes in and says, guess what? I've sold the factory. It's all done and dusted. I'm going to make a big announcement. So he goes to the factory and he's like, everybody, gather around. You too, Beth. Yes, Beth was back this week, wasn't Welcome she? Welcome back. Nice to see her. Um... Everybody, listen. And Sarah's there going, oh, good, yes, great. They're going to announce that I've um, bought the bought the factory. And Nick goes, I'm going to uh, reveal to you the new majority shareholder. It's somebody you all know and love. It's Carla Barlow. Carla Barlow. Carla well, he Barlow. says Carla Connor, doesn't he? Yeah. And she comes out and says, it's Carla Barlow. It's Carla Barlow. And Sarah's like, what? And Sally's like, oh, I'm so glad it's you. I would have <laughs> Sally was funny though, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, fantastic. And Sarah goes, Nick, come over here. Um, excuse me, didn't you get my message? And he's like, nope, too late. I've already exchanged contracts. Again, another speedy uh, solicitors. Yeah, yeah, I tell the, you uh, what, it does underworld help. Underworld and the Rovers this week. I want to know Both how they... Both rubbing our noses in it they, about our move. How did they um, sort out the contracts where the local officers, like the local lawyer... One of them is the man who was supposed to be putting the money in for this. And the other one is his friend. <laughs> yeah. You think that Imran would say like, oh, hi, um, Adam, just we're giving you a ring because um, there's some paperwork just coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't talk to each other. Anyway, um, it's to, Sarah says, tell Carla the deal's off. And Carla says, no, it's not. Um, uh, and Sarah's just gutted because she hates, she hates Carla. Her sworn enemies. She is the new Tracy. But to be fair... Carla's much better at the job than she is. She is. And I, I saw definite shades of old Carla in that final yeah. scene. She gets she, the She phone got out. the swagger back, didn't she? Yeah, she's she? like, oh, it's Georgie Porgy's on the phone. Oh, he's my favourite client. Yeah. And walks um, off, leaving Sarah standing there like a little schoolgirl chewing her nails, going, that, oh, damn. That was quite a nice surprise twist. I didn't know... But it was that like, it could only have been Carla, though. When he was going, oh, I'm going to announce the new surprise owner of the factory, it's like... Oh, what, the person who worked there literally a week ago? I don't know. I mean, there was, I was thinking, oh, maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to give a proper, proper surprise. It I could, know, but that like, just means it was just disappointing because I was thinking, it can't be Carla because that's stupid. It, it could and have been Johnny, couldn't it? Because yeah. he was a factory boss for a while. Well, I mean... She, he, it turns out that he gave her she, the exactly. money. That's where the money came from. Or, or it could have been anyone. Because there's a scene earlier, which we're going to talk about in a minute, where... Um, Johnny's moaning to Carla about he's got this money he doesn't know what to do with it yeah. and then later on Carla's like money oh, yeah, 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 for my dad yeah so um, I, the, this was this is the, the biggest twist of the week that I didn't know was coming I, I don't actually even know whether this has been you know spoiled in the press or whether it's going to be a, um, a surprise for everybody who watches it on, on Friday night or who saw it on the hub but when Carla walks out the door, the energy to care. I know. When Carla walked through the door, it's like, oh. oh, okay, they're doing this again, are they? Because Carla's been back and forth to exactly. that factory. She's bought and sold that factory about five times. She's given it away for free. Now she's got it back again, again with like literally no input from her. She just went, "Daddy, can I have some money?" It does kind of smack of the, the of, of some of the storyliners or the producers or whoever it is in charge of it going. Ah, Carla running the factory. I know, but yeah, why that's do we care? Because this is just the same as it was before. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless they've got any, you know, radical ideas about how to make this different than before. I, I don't care. I, I, I can't muster the enthusiasm for it. Apart from the fact Carla that, like I said, but yeah, it, it will be that. Apart from the fact that it's maybe gets Carla and Mojo back, then I'm all for that. But 
And some of what we've seen with Carla and Sarah having a go at each other was has been kind of entertaining recently, although it maybe seems like it's been artificially created, this this tension between them, just so but, that just so that this can happen. But the balance is going to be off because it's basically going to be Carla going, do what I tell you. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that because I do, but, I do think that Sarah is a useless boss and having Carla lording it over it could be quite fun. The way that Sarah was kind of looking... After she, after Carla was walking off and Sarah was like standing there, it, she kind of looked like she was thinking. And I could imagine her thinking, well, I can't stay at the factory now. Sarah was thinking yeah. that. I don't, know, I don't know whether said, she'd give it up she that Carla quickly. She and Carla hate each other. She had dreams and now they've been taken away from her. I don't know how you could go from, I'm going to own the factory by myself and here's my ideas that everyone always says is rubbish to, oh yes, I'm going to have to work for this woman who says I'm an idiot and hates me. Mm. She, she's got her pride, hasn't she, Sarah? So yeah, maybe she would find but it she a think, bit But if you think about to... the fact that she's just been given this kind of cash incentive by her husband, mm. maybe she's going to try and do something different. Maybe she'll like say, stuff it, I'm not doing this job anymore. I'm going to go and do my own business. Maybe, maybe. But I can't we'll say that's exciting, to... exciting at all. No, no. Um... Any any thoughts on the Gale thing? What do you is um, what do you, should Nick be able to have secret seeings of Sam, or are you on David's side, or do you think that uh, he was wrong for trying to engineer these clandestine meetings? Well, from the perspective of the soap, I'm on David's side, but in real life, I'd be on Natasha's side. But Natasha's being stupid because she's like letting the kid around Gale's house. As though that there's going to be no problem. Like, literally, the first time she goes around there after she told Nick, no more seeing my son, she bumps into him outside the tram stop. Yeah, she's loitering. She, she's supposed to be this successful businesswoman who's loaded and can afford, you know, really expensive um, uh, private tuition from Daniel for her child and telescopes and whatever he wants. But she can't afford an Uber to get him from oh, the Gemma, front the, door the, to the someone Manche- else's. The Manchester tram network. Is I know excellent. the tram network is excellent, but if you're trying to avoid your child being kidnapped by drug dealers, perhaps you wouldn't rely on public transport. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, uh, the last person we saw I, getting on a tram was Sharon. Very true. So, how about that? Yeah, she's probably just been laying in wait there, hasn't she? Have it. <laughs> she, yeah, but, she, she has know. definitely gone now. By the way, hasn't she? Tracy Bennett. She put something on her on Twitter on Friday that that was that was the end of Sharon for the Weird. time being, at least. Um, yeah, what do I, you I, think, I, 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 I'm on Nick's side with I'm it. I'm on Nick's side because all the things that were the problem have gone now. So why is she? In real life, yes, but in the soap, you're just being annoying. No, I'm on Nick's side that he shouldn't be seeing. Oh Sam. really? But the point that the reason why I, I, he shouldn't thinking... see Sam is because of the drug dealing, and the oh. drug dealers have all been banged up. It, no, it's she's she's not been able to trust Nick, um, and I, I just think that um, if he plays along with Natasha's game and doesn't see Sam for a little bit, maybe she'll. Um, calm down and come to the decision herself that okay maybe we can start letting you have some you know see each other again but by doing this by by encouraging these secret meetings that are clearly going to come <laughs> right out at off. some yeah, point it's just going to make a you know double down on not letting Sam have anything to do with Nick we all know that eventually Nick and Sam are going to be you know they're going to 
not be separated from each other. I think that I still think that Natasha is gonna, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil at some point this year. But yeah, I, I think if I was Nick, I'd be like saying, David, keep your nose out. It's nothing to do with you actually. I'm managing this my way. I I shouldn't be seeing Sam as hard as it is for me. Really. Um as for Gail, um I'd like to think that maybe she will make a change in her life. She she has been a a bit of a she she's dedicated her life to these kids for the past forty years or so. But I, I think that she was being a bit um when she was saying, Oh, they take advantage of me, I think that she's been almost imposing herself on them. There's been times well, when like, they've not yeah. wanted her meddling in her lot in their lives and she's She's not been able to help herself. If you lie down in a puddle and people walk on you to not get their feet wet, whose fault is it? Which is, which is what Gail's been doing, isn't it, really? That's what Audrey told her. Yeah. So I, I'd like to think that, Dave, that, that Gail will, you know, sort her life out, not be a buffoon anymore. Say, right, David, you're not living in my house anymore, yeah, actually. You're a grown man. Get you, your own you're, house. You're, what, 30 odd? Get your own place. Yeah. You've got children. Yeah. Move out, you bum. I, and it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think sometimes they Coronation Street don't like to separate characters from houses. And it kind of feels like David should live there forever. But also Gail should live there forever, which is why it's weird. It was similar when we had um, Eileen and Todd and Jason all living together in the same house for a very long time. And it's like, what, why don't these boys move out? The same with the Baileys at the <laughs> yeah. moment. Obviously, there's not the same legacy there. But I, I think Coronation Street just needs to say, let's let's get David, you know, the weird thing, David and Shona move out, get them, let them have their own place. I think it would be really quite cool if they got one of the um, the terraced houses of their own. Yeah. Because David is, is a massive legacy character. I think he's earned the right to live on the set. the main side of the street, yeah, as it definitely. were. Definitely. But you know, it's it's weird because Coronation Street is leaving a lot of stories on the table because they can't tackle them because it would only raise questions about how preposterous the living situations are. There are two massive issues that they can't really... Like, they tried to tackle homelessness with Sean um, and they went full hog with it, with him, like, staying in a tent. But a lot of characters on Coronation Street are actually functionally homeless, by which I mean... They live in someone else's house and they don't actually have a rent book or anything. They're just kind of casually staying with them, which is being homeless. When you think of homelessness, a lot of people think of the homelessness crisis as people, you know, lying on, you know, living on the streets. But actually, there's a lot more people who are doing what some of the characters in Coronation Street are doing, like couch surfing. And that just as much, it's not as dangerous, but you're still, still homeless. It, and they, they, they can't just don't make it that. out to be an issue. On it's Coron- not an issue on Coronation Street, but it really should be because more people are starting to experience this issue for themselves. And you know, we're coming into um, coming out of COVID. We don't know what the impact is going to be on um, the economy and how people are going to survive. They're leaving that story on the table. They're also leaving the the story on the table of people struggling to raise um, deposits to buy their first house like putting your foot on the property ladder the age that you first do that is raising every single year we were really lucky to be able to buy our own house when we did 
it was a bad time really because immediately the the value of houses plummeted but mm. a lot of people our age and younger just simply cannot buy their own place and they're forced to rent and they don't want to rent they want to buy their own house mm. that's a story they can't do on coronation street number one um because people just live with their parents and they don't seem to, to want to live on their own and number two, any time you need to deposit, you know, someone just dies that you don't even know or money, you find money in a bag, it really gives it to you. People are always getting massive lump sums out of nowhere. Yeah, they are, they are. Speaking of um, people who are imposing themselves on family members and maybe need to think about moving out, yeah. Ryan and Alia, who are currently living at number six with Yasmin, who was very conspicuous by her absence this week. They kept, oh, they kept having just, to explain why Yasmin just, wasn't in the scenes this they're like, week. Ryan's like, where's your gran? And Alia's like, she's just literally standing just to the left of me outside of the camera view. Can't you see her, Ryan? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, hi, Yasmin. <laughs> hi, Yasmin, lovely top. Yasmin's just gone upstairs because she's got a headache because of my DJing. So, All right, Ryan, okay. I'm starting to think Alia and Ryan have killed Yasmin and they've thrown her in the sinkhole. And they're just talking about her to make it look like, just in case any of Jeff's cameras are still secretly videoing exactly. them. They maybe need to keep maybe up the they've story. set the, the cameras up to record themselves yeah. talking and then they can go, oh no, officer, we didn't know Here's this the was evidence. here. So, well, apparently on Tuesday, um, Yasmin, I can't remember where she said she was, but we we find out that she's... um she's definitely losing Jamila House now isn't she the community centre is no longer hers they're using it to cancel her debts Uh, sad times so I wonder whether that's going to turn into something else soon or whether somebody else will take over the community centre the thing that we just talked we're just talking about people living in each other's houses blah 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 the other problem that you're going to always have on Coronation Street is limited space to build sets and have interior sets so um, so that's why I'm there was a block of flats that Ray was going to build. It would have been perfect. Just build upwards. Yeah, but I'm talking literally, physically, the space, the studios. I know. There's not space for everybody to have a set. So the fact that they're repossessing Jamila House, I'm wondering whether they've just got rid of that set and there's not going to be anything at the community centre. It wasn't, wasn't the, um, George wanted the community centre actually filmed... In the building, wasn't that one of the... There's bits it? of it. Bits of it, certainly, were, weren't they? Yeah. Anyway. They might have put something else in there now. We so, don't know where the... I don't even know where the um, law courts are or anything. No, I don't know. Anyway, the... Uh, the, the the issue this week between Ryan and Alia is that se- there seems to be trouble in, um, I will say paradise, but we've, again, as always, not been able to see anything about their relationship particularly. This is what I said, I predicted this, I said to you, Alia and Ryan are a couple because they're united against a common foe. Yeah, just now, like, he's, now he's fallen off the roof. What's keeping them together? What's that, just like speed? In speed, um, uh, what's, uh... Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves and Lady. Sandra Bullock. They they form a relationship because it was based on a, a problem that they both had to solve, which was the bus going too fast. Mm. I mean, I'd like to have that problem. Every time I go on the bus, it takes hours. <laughs> <laughs> when do you ever go on the bus? I go on the bus. What do you mean? I used to have to sit on the bus for an hour to get to the hospital. All right. You don't know my life. <laughs> anyway, then in Speed Two, I think is it Keanu Reeves? I don't really or know. was it Sandra Bullock? I'm quite surp- I'm quite like, proud of myself that I was able to name two Hollywood actors. And they say, them. "Oh, how come you guys aren't together?" And then they say, "Because we were only united due to the common goal of trying to stop the bus." And relationships that are formed in situations like that can't last. And that piece of relationship wisdom has stayed in my mind so long 
And it's such an important part of my ethos in life. Mm. And Thank now goodness I'm saying, we're not fighting against some evil terror or speeding bus, otherwise or we'd pandemic. be finished. Yeah. Um, Alia and Ryan are doomed because their common enemy, Jeff, has been pecked to death. Mm. So now, what do they have in common anymore? Nothing. Well, he suggests Ryan tries to um, get Alia to come on an indoor golf afternoon with him, but she can't do it because she's booked a spa afternoon for her and Yasmin. Um, if I was the bank manager, I'd be like, oh, I see. Okay, right. So so all these debts you've got, and you, we've agreed to do you a favour and take this house, or take this community centre off you. Now suddenly all the money's turned up for you to be going on your golf trips and your spa <laughs> days. Wait a minute. Um, and there was also in that scene, this is when they had the garden scene with him and David, and David's kind of kind of jokingly saying, oh, you don't want to end up like me, you know, tied down, married, kids and all that. And Ryan goes, hmm, maybe you're right. I am... I'm um, still young. Yeah, I'm still young and cool and with it. I'm a DJ, which is what he starts to um, resurrect on Wednesday's episode. You've got all this DJ stuff out the attic or whatever. Um, and... Um, well, she's, he, 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 says, he, 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 she wants to talk about maybe them getting a place of their own, but he's not really interested in no, talking about it. No. He's saying I don't have a job so I thought I'd get my DJ stuff out and sell it so that we can have we can oh, get this yeah. money oh yeah no you're right you're right and then he's like oh it, it doesn't it doesn't work oh dear I'll have to actually get a job yes that's right um, but so, so he goes off to the Rovers and has a bit of a mope to Daisy about how terrible his life is and has to go and get a job and everything <laughs> and um, she starts asking him about when he was a DJ in Ibiza and it turned out that they maybe went to the same clubs or no, something. No, I thought I it was... Know. I thought Daisy was saying, oh, if you're such a hot DJ, how come I've never heard of you? Maybe I was... Uh, what it basically... Daisy what, it doesn't matter what, what they she was, actually means. It doesn't matter what they were saying. All it was there for was, look, hey, hey, Daisy and Ryan, Daisy, watch this space. Daisy respects Ryan's creativity. So Alia comes back home later and finds Ryan doing a bit of online DJ streaming from the, from the lounge, which is kind of funny. And uh, he seems, From the kitchen. Yes, he seems to be getting some very appreciative comments. It's going down well online. Um, Alia wants to know when okay. Alia on Friday wants to know when Ryan's getting paid for this um, because you know I, I saw a nice flat for us earlier and he, he's not interested in listening to her. he's so obsessed with well, himself and he's watching his video saying look how cool I look well he's like trying to say listen to this and she's gone yeah so um, he he goes over to speed dial later and he gets a bit offended by the fact that Ali, Alia's getting music piped in when it should be him it doing his DJ in? it's just literally just playing on the on the speakers for Kathy likes it anyway and then at the end of the episode um, most we, we have, restaurants don't have live DJs no. you twonk um, at the end of the episode we have more Daisy and Ryan basically and um, oh I like your set when's the next one yeah she's been watching them online and she's quite impressed quite taken aback by He's how like, cool oh, he is maybe I'll never do another one again yeah so it nothing really happened here did it it was it all did. it was just so sowing the seeds but I just wish that I'd been able to get invested in Ryan and Alia as a couple because they seemed all right but Alia is the sort are they of person for each other don't who, know maybe who um wants you to you know you move in with her and immediately she's buying things out of those weird catalogues that they send you where you've got slankets and like special machines to open jars like she's 65 instantly mm. <laughs> and ryan's like oh i'm gonna live my dream i'm gonna be a dj if alia was your wife instead of me you'd never have done this podcast because she'd be wanting to get paid straight off the bat yeah, yeah. she doesn't understand you've got to put the card graft in you can't just do one dj streaming set and then set up your patreon and expect to immediately get all your 
your funding. <laughs> what did you uh, What do you think of the potential of Ryan and Daisy together? I don't mind the idea. Makes of... more sense than Ryan and Alia. They probably do seem a bit more suited. But Ryan, I, I feel bad Ryan's for Ryan that he's going to get himself involved with a nasty piece of work that's Daisy. And I have to say, I didn't really enjoy Daisy this week after you know, maybe coming round to her last week. Um, yeah, I think that I think that she could end up breaking his little heart. I know, but I kind of, I kind of would like to watch her run rings around him because he's such a dull, isn't dullard, isn't he? He's so dumb. No, he's he's dumb. He's not dull. Dullard. Yeah, he. he he's no. and he's like, oh yeah, and he's <laughs> he's doing his DJ. I, I'm sorry if anyone's a DJ. I'm sorry, and I know that people talk about it, and like it is ignorant to think that DJs just press buttons. But what else do you do? I don't understand it. You kind of dance around in front there, of the camera. You stand there with your headphones. And you go. I know this is low hanging fruit for Jake to make fun of somebody, but my God. What is Could what is do he it? doing? I don't know what he's doing. I couldn't do it because I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> what is he doing? Is he playing a track in another track? I thought, honestly, I thought all that a DJ did was pick the right tracks to make people like dance and like manage to transition one track to another track by like I don't know, uh, fading one into the other one <laughs> and matching the beats and maybe sometimes they do the record scratch. I don't know if they do that anymore. I don't know. I mean, I think there is a skill to judging the room and and making sure it's really not about what you like, though, is it? It's about what other people want to listen to mm. and picking the right the right songs. But I mean, I don't think it's hard, is it? No. The amount of times that you hear that you know so and so is also a dj and it's people that seem to me to be not exactly the most exceptionally intellectual people of all time and almost anyone seems to be able to suddenly be a dj makes me think it's not that hard please feel free <laughs> to tell me what the what the skill is because i'm assuming that that coronation street just pull it out of their ass that you can do an online DJ streaming set that people literally want to listen to. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Why can't? Probably. This is what I've never understood either. I, I never like listening to the radio. I don't get it. Why would you, with any song you could listen to in the whole world, let someone else pick the song for you? That's what I don't get. I've never been a radio person. Whenever I get into the never, car with somebody never, never and they've got the radio, radio on, I just look at them until they turn it off because what's the point? <laughs> Why are we listening to somebody else's music choices? Yeah. Are you that are you that pressed for That's why podcasts are great. Are you that pressed about what you for your mental bandwidth that you can't drive and also pick the song that you want to listen to? <laughs> do you need do you really need to outsource this to somebody else? I don't understand. I don't get it. I understand talk radio because you know, we do that here. That's what this is. Yeah, but we talk about what people want to... You know, people choose to listen to us exactly. they want to hear about Coronation Street. But I don't like, understand talk radio when they could be talking about anything. Well, the thing is... But when maybe it's, that's when because it's... I've just you know, got my it's... very narrow interests. <sighs> it's also when it's like... that You can tell it's literally time-filling. Not that we do that here, of course. Oh, no, no. But when it's like, okay, so we're now taking calls about funny things your cats did. And we're also accepting funny cat videos you've seen on the internet. And Doris has just seen a hilarious one. Tell us about it, Doris. <laughs> I'm, you expected me to be Doris, though. I'm sorry, I can't. I do have you've a, actually got a real I have life got cat, cat with that's you. just come to sit with me and she's just enjoying a it's very a nice world. chin rub at the moment. I don't understand. So I'm a bit distracted. So anyway. DJing, fine. I think it's funny that it exists as a job, but... Watch out, right? I guess the thing is, you do need DJs because you can't just have it at a club. <laughs> it goes to 
a club and then somebody's like, okay, has anyone got their iPod that we can just plug in here? <laughs> and we'll just put it on shuffle. Gemma, what's been going on at the Rovers this week? At the Rovers, um, Jenny is buying... It. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is doing herself up. She's going to go to the to sign the mortgage papers. And Daisy... Easy. Daisy's got the um, the Gazette with the double scammy headline. She's hiding it from Jenny. And she also tries to stop her from asking Rita why the Gazette hasn't turned up. Because uh, Jenny's suddenly really passionate about local journalism for one day only. Um, Sean sees um, Daisy because she's mad about the story now that she's lost all this... Um, Lost all this yeah. Uh, job. The, yeah, the income. She she's, she she so, can't actually so, afford to buy week, that five percent now. Remember last week, she had on. Uh, she was on the phone and she said, "My account's been cancelled. What do you mean?" Yeah, and we didn't know whether that meant loan or double glammy account. You said it was loan, and I said it was double glammy account. It's obvious that was double glammy. Okay. Because she's still yes. getting the loan because she can't afford to pay it back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's now out of a job because of Sean. So she crosses him off of the sh- off of the schedule, so he doesn't have any shifts. So that she can get them because she yeah, wants she to try and get money. as much money as possible. This is the thing about um, the ro- the Rovers. Everybody seems who works there to see it as some kind of charity that is set up purely to give them money. <laughs> They're always wanting shifts, aren't they? They're yeah. always expecting to get shifts, and they need shifts because they don't. They've got four children. Ryan and was no talking job. a bit about it. So I, I keep forgetting that Ryan works at the Rovers. So the, which is which I, I would have thought that if we were going to have him and. Daisy maybe getting into a, a relationship together. Maybe we should have seen a little bit more. That there have been together. the there have been the odd scene. Now, there was one a couple of months ago where like she gives him the glad eye or something, but it doesn't feel like they're colleagues. No, it at doesn't. the moment. And also, it seems a bit weird too that he's. Um, I want to be a DJ. How can I do it? I know the local Indian restaurant. Why not the pub? <laughs> yeah. Why not the bistro? Yeah, maybe they just need Especially to. Um, maybe they just need to rediscover the select. <laughs> Oh my god, this is a massive stage here. Why has this been boarded up? Oh, because it's in the road. Um, Yeah, the only reason I'm saying why speed dial is because up until recently it didn't serve alcohol, and I thought you kind of have to be a bit drunk to go, wow, what a great DJ set. But you know, I'm just being cynical about DJs again. So, anyway, um, she's mad. Also, let's just remind ourselves who works there Gemma, Emma, Sean, Daisy, Ryan. Jenny. Jenny. And that's it, isn't it's it? It's a very, very young staff, isn't it? When I, know. We look, I I was kind of... I where's hadn't no, really where's noticed... Where's barmaid? That, that it feels like they need to they need get an... somebody a bit more older and wiser and experienced. But there's and like nobody classic, like that. Classic Coronation Street behind-the-bar staff teams. Like when you think about Betty and Bet and Jack or, or Annie thrown it's in there or whatever. It's always been skewed slightly older, hasn't it? It feels like it's just a little bit young at yeah. the moment. I don't know who could. No, because there's nobody like that in, in Corrie, like a glam kind of middle-aged or older woman. Maybe they just need to invent a character to come in. I don't know. Yeah. It... it it feels a bit like a, a bit of a youth club. It does a bit, yeah. So anyway, um, Gemma says, oh, well done, Sean, for getting the front page. And he moans about the fact he doesn't have any money because Daisy's been nicking his shifts and everything's going wrong. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say... What? ...about this week is that we had a major hot pot revelation to the, the myth of the hot pot, the legend that is Betty's hot pot. They're rewriting history here a little bit. And I'm, I, this has got to make the, the papers. If, if we, you know, forget the gay kiss, forget men putting laundry out, 
Betty's hot pot recipe has been given to more than just Sean. And we never knew about this. This is a revelation that we found out this week. This is big news. I was a bit sad that Betty didn't herself get Even a name a check. Out. It's just the hot pot recipe. That no, Sean is the, the Betty owner Betty erasure. Of. I, don't, exactly. I don't like that. This is terrible. So anyway... The Ro- there's an emergency at the Rovers. Daisy gets told by Emma that they've run out of hot pots. And da- she says, Emma says, well, Sean's quit. No, Daisy tells Emma that Sean's quit. And Emma says, oh, gosh. But he's the only one that knows the, the recipe for the hot pot. Which, up she until... Only, she's what? only saying that to make... No, but listen. What? That, that is true. That is what we had always I, I thought. That true. No, that is true. That was the fact that only Sean knew the recipe. Betty so, bequeathed it to him. Yeah, <clears throat> when she left. Or something. Something like that. Daisy says, look up a recipe online and make it. So, Emma makes it, but it's really bad. And Kirk, who's the one that has ordered the hot pot, doesn't like it and thinks that he wants his money back. Gemma, um, Daisy's panicking. Gemma comes in and stru- confronts Daisy about Sean losing the shifts. And... Emma says to Daisy, you need to give Sean his job back because we can't make the, the hot pot. And also we're going to go on strike if you don't. Jenny comes back to the pub. She sees Johnny. He's got the dub- He Oh, she says, I've just signed the mortgage papers. I'm so excited because Daisy's giving me the money. And Johnny says, really? That's strange because I thought that she was in trouble because of this double scammy stuff and shows her the paper. She goes inside and calls Daisy to the back. And then Gemma says... Kirk, this is all a ruse. I don't know why anyone confides in Kirk about any kind of subterfuge because this is just going to blow his mind. <laughs> this is all a ruse. Actually, we can all make the hot pot, not just Sean, but we wanted to trick Daisy into thinking that she had to hire Sean back. And this was the revelation that she's gone under the radar here. This is big news. <laughs> Everyone knows the recipe, the secret recipe that, that has been only one person who works at the Rovers at any one time is ever allowed to know. It's like the Coke recipe. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd expect that if you were, um, that it'd have to be written down somewhere and, like, Sean can't travel in the same coach as the recipe <laughs> in case they both get blown up in a fire and then it's lost for all time. <laughs> so, anyway, I think this is... He a... was making the hot pot that fortnight when he was homeless. That's what I want to know. <laughs> exactly. If you think like, about maybe it... Maybe he puts them in the freezer. It's ridiculous to imagine that only Sean ever knew the hot pot recipe and it's also kind of dumb to imagine that you couldn't just change it slightly and nobody would notice. Anyway, Emma and Gemma decide to get on strike, go on strike until Sean gets his shift back. We didn't even get to see any, like, chanting or placards or anything, did we? It was the most pathetic excuse for a strike. We were around on Coronation Street. Ida Clough would be turning in her grave. She'd be absolutely fuming. Ed comes into the back while Jenny's having a go at Daisy to say, is anyone serving alcohol out here? Um, And and Jenny's like, why is nobody working? And Daisy's like, oh, yeah, I know what might have happened. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's mad at me. So, later, Emma and Gemma are grovelling to Jenny. Sean comes in and Jenny says, right, Daisy, apologise. You get your shifts back, Sean. Everything's back to how it used to be. Daisy, you're in trouble. Um, um, and um, sorry, Sean, please, can you make some more hot pots? Jenny Reed, Reed does the rotor, giving Daisy hardly any shifts. Daisy complains and says, how am I supposed to pay this loan back? Jenny says, with a bit of belt tightening, I can just about pay the 5% loan that you took out. 
and so then, it's going to be 100% Jenny's. Yes, yeah, so which is basically mine. And then, and then um, Daisy's like, oh, but I've um, still got a stake in it. And she's like, hey, yeah, like, how are you do? I'm paying your loan off for you. You're not getting any money out. You're not getting any um, share in it. And she goes, oh, can I be the, can I be the pub manager? And <laughs> I just love the question. Jenny's like, no, of course you can't be the pub manager. You're lucky you're not fired. Methinks Jenny may have some uh, a classic Coronation Street dire financial straits coming up there. Well, yeah, because John, Ronnie comes in and says, oh, I hear that you're going it alone. And um, they flirt with each other again. Again. Out of, uh, so confused. Um, so I don't get why Jenny just didn't do this in the first place, but let's not go she there. It's possible that she could do it. If it was possible, but it's just going to be a bit hard, but it's your dream and also where you live. Wouldn't you give it a shot? And then the alternative is, is partnering up with Daisy, who is a massive flake. I wouldn't trust... I wouldn't want to go to business with her. No. I mean, maybe... I mean, it is possible that actually Jenny couldn't really have taken out a mortgage and a loan at the same time. I mean, that seems mm. quite sensible, because it's all under Daisy's name. Yeah. So, it just... just Whatever, just forget it about matter. it. Jenny has got the Rovers. Jenny's, I am happy. Jenny's the Rovers, landlady and owner. On Wednesday, Jenny's still not in a good mood with Daisy. Um, and Daisy comes in and she's like, Oh, Jenny, can I put the wash on, please, boss? Um, uh, that was a bit weird. Johnny says to Jenny, I'm going to a house viewing later, so I'll be out from under your feet. Yeah, this Wednesday's episode, kind of it all shifts more onto the Johnny, Johnny and yeah. Jenny relationship, which is much, much better for me. Johnny tells Carla about a place he's found to rent. And she's like, why... Why are you not just buying a place? And he's like, I don't know. I could go anywhere, couldn't I? But I, I don't know. I don't want to. I want to stay here, I guess. Yeah. He, Why are you it, staying so close, she's saying? He, he says that he's very happy for Jenny. He's He thinks that they can, you know, get by fine. Um, and this is when, obviously, presumably... Yeah, he realises... Carla rinses him. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to spend it, why don't you give it to me so I can... Buy a factory. He ends up getting somewhere in Norsley Street, though, which I... Morsley Street is literally that's the one, that's that one across the Ginnel yeah. from Coronation is he, Street. Is he renting somewhere though, or has he bought it? Because I would have thought that they were all, you know, houses to buy, like Coronation Street were, but I don't know. Anyway, so he's going to be close, you he tells Jenny later. You can rent anywhere, can't you? Because yeah. anyone can buy a house to rent it out these days. I love the ending scene in this. This it really made very, me very mad. very, very bittersweet. Because it was like, how can you guys... Right, so the ending scene is Johnny and Jenny having a drink together and laughing... And reminiscing about this relationship that's literally only just ended because they both decided they couldn't be bothered to fight for each other. And they're talking about how great it was and... Um, Making fun so, of Johnny's yeah, film uh, like, um, preferences. He says, oh, you're the best thing that ever happened to me apart from my kids. And she's saying, you know, just, they're just teasing each other and having a really great laugh. It, it just showed that they are got a really great... Chemistry. Ch- chemistry, yeah. Sally Ann Matthews and Richard Hawley, Johnny and Jenny. Yes. They were just... Weird. It's weird that they split up. Utterly and lovely together. And Jenny I was watching says, it going, oh, this is lovely. But in the back of my mind, it's like saying, you still figuring Ronnie like, Bailey's going to come and spoil this, isn't he? I'd, I'd like to believe that they're going to get back together because this shows that they actually, they really, really could. There's no hard feelings. Don't tease me, Coronation Street. Don't and, make okay, me think that this I is going to happen. Can I just finish this? Jenny says, just because we're getting divorced doesn't mean we can't be friends. We'll always be friends, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. But the thing is, though, the promotion, I said this, we said this last week, the promotion for this week was versus, like, Tyrone versus Fizz and Todd versus Paul... That, that that for the summer, yeah. And Johnny, Johnny versus, versus Jenny. Johnny versus Jenny. Yeah. So, are we? Have we had that 
or is this gonna is it gonna happen later because Johnny just for throughout the whole thing seems absolutely fine with everything that Jenny's but doing this is and what he's, I'm saying. he's pleased for her isn't he what the hell is he's going really on? supportive of her one minute they're moving married on. and and everything's fine and they can't wait to be reunited then she shags a guy and then they sort of go oh well no well, this can't work you can't be shagging other people, Jenny. She's just, like, oh yeah, that's true. Kind of we should just get divorced. Let's just let's just call it a day. Okay. Yeah, no skin off my nose. All right then. Okay, well uh Didn't we have a perfect time? Weren't we were not we brilliant? Well, wasn't it great other? while it lasted? If only we could, you know, maybe get they back even together. Say that. No, like, they don't say that, but But that's what everyone else is thinking. Like, what the hell are you doing then? Yeah. Really? Okay whatever <laughs> mm. she even says like oh Morsley Street I can look out my window and see you having a shower why are you spying on him naked Jenny he's still not over him <laughs> very strange yeah but um R- the- Ronnie's still hanging around like a bad smell isn't he he's, I know he's, he's gonna he's... come in he's gonna come in and because Je- Je- Jenny's gonna have financial difficulties and, Do you reckon? Um, well, and jo- because Ronnie... Johnny's tied his money up in the factory he can't and help although he could yeah, exactly. that'd be weird oh I'm sorry I can't help you but I gave my money to my kid yeah, yeah. And Jenny's like, oh, nice to have, kid. Um, Rub it in my face. Anyway, that that was definitely my scene of the week, that one, where they were just, you yeah. know, talking about a star is born and Lady Gaga and gay <laughs> film and everything. Which, Judy Garland. On the, on the same episode as uh, James coming out on the gay kiss and everything. <laughs> so maybe It was funny. It, it was funny. It was lovely. I absolutely adored that scene. But like I said, in the back of my head, I was thinking, don't get invested in this, Michael. Corey's just going to... Teasing you. ...ruin your dreams again, getting... Back so yeah, the question is that they they seem to be all fine at the moment, but this really can't continue because it doesn't make any sense. I I, I like how you know. Amicable it's nice that they're, they're mature being. about it, but what? Where's the passion? Maybe oh. it is right that they should get divorced if they're not that bothered. Oh, it doesn't make any difference to our relationship if we're divorced or not. Oh well. Um, you can still enjoy a nice red wine. Finally, this week, we've got Summer and her dire straits. Um, she hasn't learned how to do her injections yet. Billy's been jabbing her um, four times a day. Or I just really hated Todd today. Todd being very Friday. squeamish about he it. He was standing there going, oh, no, it's gross. Well, oh, was, I don't want to look. Oh. <laughs> I know, but it's not about you, Todd, or you, Michael. It's You're not the one that's having it done. If you don't like it, go away. Stop making it into a big deal he's making it everything worse he was a bit he was a bit absolutely it, it was out of character really for Todd yeah so, um, Summer gets invited along to this year 11 do on the red wreck by Ardy so she's year 12 now but she, he invites her along because maybe he's got a little bit of a summer crush yeah this was um, Ardy and Summer and Ryan and Daisy yeah yeah um, I think that that could be a quite nice little relationship, maybe. Uh, I, it, yeah, we've been, been wondering about Ardy and his, you know, when's he going to get his first girlfriend and everything? And <laughs> is he going to be gay or, or, or whatever? Because he's... Ash has been making fun of him about you know, not not having kissed a girl or anything. So I think this could be quite, quite sweet. And the way him. they've characterised Ardy to be a bit... I want him to be a mini, mini Lothario, just like Dev. Yeah, but like unsuccessful. I'd, I'd love like him to try. He he's going to try some of his dad's lines, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, like I imagine. get a, a horrible bunch. And of Summer's his dad's far flowers. too smart to be taken by taken in by any of well, that. She's got other problems at the moment. She has, yeah. But th- this this must um, this ties into what was happening last week with the hairy hands bit, wasn't it? Because it was it was um, 
Summer and Amy that were talking about this this hairy handed teacher at school isn't isn't he awful yeah. and and Ardy was looking at his hands going oh I hope my hands aren't hairy and it must have been because oh, because I kind of be fancy, fancy Summer I want to well, I, I want like, to know do what well, she what she likes but also I don't want to be that I don't want to have the sort of attribute that these two girls say is very horrible yeah yeah there, I'm sure there was something else that um that they said I like this in a man but I can't remember what it was now but maybe, maybe we'll find out because um although like I'm sure we won't dad owns a chain of corner shops I'm sure we won't actually see this um Date. this this thing on the red wreck whatever it is we get to hear about it but no I'm I'm all for a, a summer an and Ardy relationship um I'm not too fussed about the whole she's not going to take insulin what's happening what's but you haven't said. Well, so, so, Summer, Summer decides that she wants to go to this thing, but it clashes with a clinic appointment where she's going to be taught how to do the injections herself. And she's like, oh, well, Billy, you can just keep doing it. And Billy's like, no, you need to grow up and do it yourself, really. So they get into another argument about it. Um, and then she ends up chugging energy drinks at the end of the episode yeah, again. Right. She's surely going to send her into some kind of diabetic coma if she's not careful. Yes. Um, but you see... Quite potentially on the red wreck. This is the trouble because all teenagers want to be a bit rebellious, don't they? And Summer's always been a very good girl. And this is like life or death. Mm. This is the only time in her life where being sensible, her her life depends on it. And she's messing up. It seems a bit soon for her to have a you know, massive um, you know, diabetes-related story, you know, where she nearly kills herself no, because, so soon after being diagnosed. No, beca- no because she... Because it's just come on, hasn't it? And she's still she learning realize. how to manage it. Mm. And she... And then they they probably don't have her, her doses correct yet. They don't know what what's going to work for her. It's Even if she was following all of the rules and doing everything she should do, um, she is... Um, She's she's still in danger because they they need to sort of stabilize her condition, and let's not forget that she like we have just as much of a responsibility to our own health as Summer does to eat healthily and exercise. Just because someone has diabetes doesn't mean that she's got some kind of magic ability to manage herself any more than you or I do. And I can't bloody do it, you know, to save my life almost. <laughs> And yet this young girl who's just been diagnosed, number one, getting really bad, horrible, shocking news like that, and number two, then being expected to be absolutely perfect and sensible when she's been that all her life. You can imagine her going, well, I've done, I've done that, and look what's happened, mm. so why should I? Yeah. Mm. But, you know, we all know why. Of course we know why. But that doesn't make it any easier for her, does it? No. So is... Um, is I Ardy... think sometimes people that have good health take it for granted... And don't and imagine that the people who have you know diseases and disabilities and and issues like they've got some kind of saintly ability or some kind of magical stoicism or dedication to 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 health that that we lack and don't need to worry about. But they're just you know the same kind of people as we are. They have different abilities and motivations, and they're no better at managing it than we are. Mm. Just they have to do it. It's yeah. not like. There's, they've got a choice. Mm. I just think sometimes we take we take um, health for granted and we don't we don't really understand how how difficult it is. You can't just stop doing it. Yeah. And this is something someone's having to struggle with now. Do you think that um, Ardy is going to have to save the day for her next week? Is he coming well, to rescue her? Is, is he her... going to give her the kiss of life or something? Well, 
don't think it's going to help. <laughs> you can imagine her like going, oh, I don't care, and drinking her drink, and him going, don't do that, eat this carrot, or whatever. That's the antidote. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you see what I'm, like, I don't know, I but don't you see know. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. She's, she's going to have a drama, and then she'll go, okay, I guess I have to learn how to do the injections. Yeah, basically. Okay. But um, I totally I'm understand d- her. I do, this is completely understandable and I think it's important to show it too because, you know. Issues. People who, young people who have had this diagnosis or people who have had it in the past will watch this and go, yes, there are elements of this story mm. and it's important for people to know. Yeah. Because this is what I said last week. Everyone just assumes, oh, yeah, well, you can live with that now. It's fine. What are you worried about? All right, then you do it. <laughs> it's that easy. Right, I am done with this week's episode. Having talked about it and had a bit of a laugh with it and everything, I still don't think that I'm going to give it a particularly high score this week. It just didn't really grab me. It didn't particularly grip me. The pacing um, was off a little bit, I think. So Some of it was... The the stories that were picked just weren't my cup of tea particularly. There weren't any you massive shocks or um or revelations. Or well, some of them were were stuff that was sadly spoiled for me beforehand, which spoiled it for me. Um, but yeah, I, I was just watching it this, this evening, going mm, waiting for the next well, exciting thing to happen, about, and it never really came. Right, so I'm, let's not swag it off. I'm gonna give this week's episode two pairs of Tyrone's two? pants in Fizz's dryer. Yeah, are you kidding me? No, it was a two. It wasn't. It That's was absolutely. It was a bit ridiculous. Three to me is a standard kind of fine week. This was this, a fine week. But no, are you I, I, I was watching. No, I'm not joking. I was watching this and thinking Michael. I was a bit bored. So yeah, it's two pairs of Tyrone's a- pants in Fizz's dryer. Three massive things, four massive things happened. Didn't five massive my things. Boat. Alina's pregnant. Gail nearly dies of a heart attack. Two men do the laundry. Gay kissing. Hot pot recipe is not a secret. You give it your score then, Gemma. What are you giving it? <laughs> I'm going to give it three. Three what? What did you give it, three? Three, I know, I gave it two pairs of Tyrone's two. pants and Fizz's dryer out uh, of five. Well, I'm going to give it three secret hot pot recipes, even though it wasn't one of the choices. <laughs> I can't believe you. This was a momentous week on Coronation Street. Okay. I learned so much about myself and Gail Platt. I didn't. She regrets her whole life. Character of the week. And you know what? I've seen a lot of Gail's life and I think she's probably right. (laughs) Character of the week this week for me. I'm kind of going between two redheads here. I did really, really like Fizz and appreciated her understanding, sympathetic, uh, kind side to Tyrone. Um, I I was a bit of a, a little bit disappointed when she turned a bit snittier towards the second half of the week as understandable as it was when she found out this massive secret had been kept from her well, um, but yeah. then also Jenny this week was fun I still do think that she I mean talking about Gail being a doormat I do think that Jenny is still letting Daisy walk all over mm. a little bit she kind of reigns, in, reigns her in every now and then but um, she she still hasn't really spotted or or dwelled on the fact that Daisy is a nasty piece of work but I guess because she's family but I really really did love that scene with her and Johnny that was that was by far my favourite scene but what about Ryan he he was alright he just didn't would you watch his stream no oh um I think what about Gail no what about Audrey she was okay, but I, she wasn't. She wasn't <laughs> Audrey was in one, like one scene, two, one or two, two, no, three loved, scenes maybe. I she love got. the way she was just like, "You should just try not caring like I do." You still come calling back, don't you, girl? <laughs> um, I am going to give this week's character of the week <laughs> to 
to Biz. She was more of a main character. She was able to rise above it. She was able to support Tyrone despite everything that he's put her through. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll give it to Fizz. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it to Fizz too because I liked. Um, I just thought even even when she ended up having that cup of tea and sympathy with Evelyn, that was quite nice. She kind of saw that Evelyn was hinting that she wanted a bit of sympathy, and she's like, "I'll put the kettle on then." Yeah, I like, and I also liked her sitting down with Tyrone to tell Ruby. Yeah, he's yeah. like, well, "Yeah, I don't know that." Okay, so there we go. That's our scores for the week. Um, fingers crossed it'll be a bit, bit more exciting for me next week. Um, that's it. Let's move on to our next section. News time, and this is my news of the week, everybody. I know that most people aren't going to care about this, but Coronation Street Words and Design, the official app of Coronation Street made for the 60th anniversary, has only gone and had a flaming update for the first time in two months. And this is after I just talked about it last week on the podcast, wasn't it? Somebody's going, oh, do you know what? I think I forgot to press that button. Forgot to press the go button. Oh, God. I think it literally, it might have come out on Saturday, which is the day... That that podcast came out. Suspicious. Very suspicious. But I'm I'm happy, and I'm sure there's dozens, tens, maybe of other Coronation Street fans that were eager to find out what was going to be happening next in this app. I'm enjoying it. You know, it well, it it's been going for what six, seven months now. This make some words up, earn your stars and decorate various houses on Coronation Street. And it's not been without its its issues. I mean, if you're really, really into the word puzzly thing and you just keep on going and going and going and and then uh, like earn a load of extra stars, then as soon as these episodes hit, you just splurge them all and then it's done. But I've been very restrained with this. And once I've, you know, once I get to the message that um, more tasks will be unlocked soon, then I stop and leave it for a little while. Leave it. Yeah. Um, so I've been enjoying this. It's um, in, in the last update, which was like two months ago or something, um, Vera showed up right at the very end. And this particular bit is about decorating Jack and Vera's house number nine, which is great because it's a new new building to is explore the right word for this. Look at, I suppose, um, which is the first one that's been introduced to the game since it came out. So I have been... Um, Chasing Jack's pigeons, because they've escaped from the coop. I've been putting some kitchen counters in. And um, just actually about an hour ago, I hit the mark, which was um, more tasks are coming soon. So it didn't really last for too long, but I was satisfied with it. And um, hopefully it's not going to be too long before I get to solve some more word puzzles again. And if it keeps on going at a steady rate, I'll be happy. Because I always wanted a little Coronation Street game to play. And I tell you what, it's better than Betty's Hot Pot game. So... Great. You've given up on this, haven't you, a long time ago? Yeah. You, you did play it for a little while. I'm just, I'm just uh, loving the, the script from it. And, it. and it's nice to have Jack and Vera um, having a go at each other mm-hmm. um, rather than Ken and Bet, which were cool, but it's nice to have some extra characters. And Hilda Ogden got a shout out again. And I'm going to be majorly disappointed if we don't get to see Hilda Ogden in this. I want to redecorate number 13. Just saying. App makers make it happen for me. Anyway, nobody cares about this probably, so we're going to move on to the next um, uh, issue episode. What are we talking about? Article feature. Um, what are we Bit doing on this? Bit of news for the cabin. Um, oh, the I sun. Just, this is this is from the sun. Gemma, do you want to take this? Yeah, one? I will. I'll talk about this now. I want to watch this episode because I we haven't seen this. Have we? we have not seen this episode. I, this sounds like it could be quite good. Well, if, the, you, if you don't, if you're not easily what's offended. What's the news? What is the, the news? The news is the sun has said that old Corey episodes have been given offensive content warnings. So this that's, is that's the, warnings of offensive content. They weren't offensive to the 
reviewers when they were giving out the content warnings. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. The, um... Look, you bloody snowflakes. There's something that's going to happen here that it might upset you just a little bit, so sorry. This is the description on the hub, I guess. Stan... No, this is on BritBox. On BritBox. Stan and Hilda's big night out. Stan takes Hilda to a Chinese restaurant, but she doesn't quite get the meal she expected. With language from a bygone era, which some viewers may find offensive. I'm sure we, we can, can all guess, guess what and imagine what that's going to be. Um, okay, well, if that's what it takes I, to I just, get it on the, sh- uh, on the TV. Uh, this, this isn't a, you know, a mega Newsweek by any stretch of the imagination. I just kind of put this in because it was quite funny. And the, and the sun other... was getting very irate about, you know, woke yeah. Britain and everything. It's almost like it come from the pen of Charlie Lawson, this article. Um, but I, fair enough. I, I'm not offended by having these kind of warnings. It's like, the yeah. The thing is, though, it's quite hilarious. The way things are now, isn't it? To add these warnings... Um, in front of the the episode because it those warnings offend people perhaps more than the content does but the watching... people that but the people that get offended by the content warnings apparently don't count so <laughs> <laughs> if you go in to watch something about characters from the 60s going to a chinese restaurant i'd be offended if they right, cha- if they like but it'd be more offensive you know if they edited it or changed it or just wouldn't show it yeah i'm glad that they've not done that it's it's Listen, I just also want to say, I completely understand this. It's totally fine if, if that's what it takes, if people need these kind of warnings, fine. I would love it if we could go back and edit out every single thing that was offensive and misogynistic about television, but we wouldn't have any content left. So isn't it nice <laughs> that we can have, you know, just a little warning about some uh, offensive language, but I guess... Beating your wife is probably still fine. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, this isn't the only episode that's got these warnings. No, but I'm telling you, you, c- you couldn't have an entertainment industry if you took out everything well, that no. was offensive to women. I'm just well, saying. To, to offensive to, to lots of people. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm literally talking about what I specifically mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Well, um, other episodes, according to this article, that have had these um, warnings put in front of them include Vera Lomax's death because oh, yeah. that was sad. It's sad. You might be sad. Yeah, and also when Ernie Bishop got shot. Shocking or what? Um, I mean, you click on the episode where Ernie Bishop gets shot, probably um, the caption for it says, Ernie Bishop gets shot when he's doing the accounts for Mike. And um, you, you, kind of, you know that there's going to be sadness. Of, I don't know. Anyway, fair enough. If they've got to do this, I... It, th- this... I, do, I, do, I, do, I only put it in, as I say, because I, I just found the article particularly um, funny. Coronation Street is not the only show ho- that has had these content warnings added to it. No, and some some um, some shows have been taken off, haven't they? Some mm-hmm. shows are, you know, edited to hell, and uh, at least with, with Coronation Street, you, they show it as it was. I don't know whether anything's is, been completely the, censored. I mean, it gets to the point where everything has a content warning on it, so nothing needs a content warning. You know what I mean? Like, where do you draw the line? Mm. Um, because everything kind of can be offensive. Yeah, I mean... To somebody. There, there are some um, some programmes and some films, even like some old Disney shorts from like the, well, the 50s, that they've com- completely been banned, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I, mean, I mean, we look, when we watched some of these episodes, the older ones, we were like, blimey, mm. weren't we? Well, there, there was it's a like, bit where, I'm, I'm sure we watched it, that had, that was, was it Lem Fairclough saying, play the white man? Actually, oh, did they? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which was the phrase that was later used? You know, when was it? Seven years or so ago, as uh, as the as the expression that Paul Kershaw used yeah. against Lloyd, and we were like, 
what does that even mean? Never even heard this. But um, anyway, I, I, I thought this was interesting enough to, to add cancel a culture reaches to. Corey. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, I don't think anyone should. I'm get really looking, I really, really want to see this episode, though. I think when we get to 2010, yeah, like we're going to get a BritBob subscription, aren't yeah. we? And, and work our way through some of those. And, and that one is definitely up there on my list to see. I love everything Stan and Hill. Their want, little capers that they. Now want I want to see it. Now it's forbidden. Mm. I wonder whether they had the um, the Gypsies episode on there, the the, the, the traveling community episode on there, because that was a really good series of episodes wasn't it it was really good uh, but when, you'd have to have a content warning on that as well you'd have to because the, the sort of things that people were saying but even even like um you know we've been watching um all the fallout of Haley's um revelation that she's um transsexual as i said then transgender um and some of the stuff that like mike and les were saying is completely unacceptable even now and this is only what 25 not even that years later <laughs> um and it makes me wonder God, whether 25 years yeah it makes me wonder whether if this story was in it now would coronation street shy away from using that kind of language well, no, or they would they... have a, i mean the thing is for for people complaining and making a an article about this going, oh, offensive content warnings, oh, you know, can't do anything these days, uh, it's PC gone mad, etc. When you watch Coronation Street Live now, that the continuity announcer will often say, we've seen some viewers may find distressing or whatever. Mm. So I suppose they're also going there a little bit with the James story as well at the moment, aren't they? Well, we haven't had anybody abuse him. No, I mean, being that... gay yet. No, so not pro- I mean, they're, they're, we we got the, the, the tweets on online, you know, about him saying well, he needs said... to go get an AIDS test or whatever. But there hasn't oh, been yeah. anything like super offensive said directly towards James. Rude words. No, no. Okay, so and it made sense that oh. that Les was the character that said it, and I don't know whether there's is there anybody in Coronation Street that would say those things now. I I don't know. I don't think. so. I don't know, but. Um, Finally, or speaking of Hayley, um, Julie Hesmanhouse was um, had a little interview in the Inside Soap magazine recently. I put this in because I thought it was quite interesting. Um, we could have almost seen her treasuring the cobbles again. She says, I miss Hayley. The comfort of putting those clothes and wig on and becoming her. I went for a visit a couple of years ago and Alan Holster was filming a scene in Roy's roles. We begged the director to let me be an extra in the scene, dressed as myself, and sweep across the cafe as the shot began, with the back of my head to the camera so my nose didn't give me away. Has she got a really distinctive nose, Julie? I don't know. I've never remarked on this. Uh, we thought it'd be funny if Tyrone did a tiny double take, but the director didn't do it as it was too much of a risk. It would have been an iconic moment. What do you I about? think it would if if uh, if we hadn't had Tyrone react to it. I think it would have been pretty funny. I think it would be funny, and I wonder. Would we have noticed? That's the I thing. Would it. would we have noticed? Or uh, but the, the the problem is, would they have made a big thing about it in the press? Would they say, "Look out, Julie Hesman House is going to be in it. Blink and you'll miss her." And there, it's like no fun. That's the kind of thing that. You want to been... notice for yourself and go, hang on a minute, that no, looked like... No, it would like... have been brilliant if she had done this and gone, we did do it, and uh, nobody noticed, but now if you go back and you watch the yeah, episode... that would have been good, like years later mm. saying, I'll have you know, on on, on an episode yeah. in this year, and somebody's going to be there yeah. going through every single episode trying to find that spiky, spiky mop that she's got on top of her head, that would have been, that would have been cool. Um... They didn't oh, happen. Oh, spoil sport, that director, I eh? know, I wonder who the director was. When I saw the headline um, that she was almost invited back on, she almost got another chance to be in it, I thought it was I going to refer to the I immediately thought it was the the Carla yeah. going crazy and, and having a hallucination because she did think it was Hayley. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. But it was Rana. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh, Ailey, I miss you so much. But I'm enjoying watching you again in the late 90s at the moment. Well, listen. The Will fact we get that, another Hayley? The fact that Julie is so... Um, still goes to visit and she obviously still very much liked she didn't leave under a cloud yeah. etc makes me wonder if they could repeat the jack and vera ending when roy finally decides to to cross the rainbow bridge oh gosh yeah. i don't i think it would i don't think, I don't think, think roy it believes in it or not taylor would turn up and roy's like bloody hell i, I you know, didn't believe no, in the afterlife i'll tell you what it would be good though if um if he said you know oh you're hurt you're a hallucination you're just my brain as i'm dying is just trying to think of um something to comfort me and then Haley yeah. would go all right roy if that's what you want to think oh gosh that'd be lovely <laughs> i don't know whether they could do that again yeah, I don't it was it would so work. so special again, it, would, it would take every, something uh, away from it would, jack and vera it would everyone bit. be comparing it to jack and vera say it's not as good as jack how, how could it be it couldn't be better than jack and vera could it well you liked it and i didn't so I thought you, I didn't know you didn't like it that much. I didn't, yeah. Oh, I think we talked about it before. You, yeah, I know. Right, we're doing, oh. done with the news now, okay? Yeah, that's the news for this week, everybody. Um, let's move on to the feedback. Right, what have we got in our feedback mailbag box today? Well, we have got... Mailbag box. We have got some scores for last week's episode, oh, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. as normal, right on the top of the mailbag, like a, a stray pregnancy test. And last week's um, on the Facebook group, they rated the episodes 3.84 out of 5, so they thought that was quite good. I we got an awful surprised. lot of fours. Um, the, the vast majority were fours, and then we had a couple of threes and threes and a half that skewed it downwards a little bit. Uh, but Chad was one of my picks for the scores of the week. He gave it four and a half inspirational fleas out of five. <laughs> um, Judith gave it four Cupid's Puppet Masters. Um, oh. And my, my winner of this week was Michelle, who gave it four I Own a Pub Dancers. I wow. own a pub. I own a pub. <laughs> Damn, lover. Classic. Daisy, you're all right as well. Smuffy has given us a, um, a sent us an email this week, and this came in mid morning oh, yeah, on dude. Monday. This I saw this on my. I was. I was. Spoiler. I was looking on my phone. I went, I went to the toilet and I had a look on my phone, and I saw this email there from Smuffy, and the, the header was like, "Don't open this until you've seen Wednesday's episode of Coronation Street." It was like, "Ooh, I wonder what that is. What's going to be happening there?" Um, she says, it's about the, the James scene. He, she says, I had to squeal somewhere and obviously I couldn't do it on the Facebook page. Um, but after watching the Wednesday episode and James's coming out press conference, I'm in happy tears. Yes, it wasn't the best acting. Yes, the staging <laughs> took some efforts to be desired. But oh, it was so good despite all that. Statistically, there must be so many gay footballers out there who aren't publicly out. And although I doubt many of them watch Curry, hopefully this will at least lay a flagstone in the path for them to be comfortable okay real over yeah great thank you for that email i i agree with you it makes me think you know um raising raising the issue because like we don't i don't know how what how how much is this a thing in football you know it's obviously something that everybody kind of knows but maybe some people haven't realized or thought hang on a minute yeah. How come no there are no gay footballers? Hang on a minute. I just did a lateral flow test half an hour ago. I'm fine. No COVID. Okay, good, no right. COVID. Um <laughs> Carry on, sorry. Um I forgot what I was saying. Um and but but to sort of have it kind of confronting you with this fact and going, yeah, yeah hang on a minute. Mm. You know, and perhaps it might start to kick start some things in in people's brains and perhaps, you know, next time somebody standing in in the in the stands and somebody starts, you know, abusing a player and calling them gay or something, 
it might make somebody go, I don't even know why you think that's... Mm. I don't know. It, it'd if be it really, really nice bit. to think that this could make a difference it because it is honestly, shocking. It's appalling. It is on the situation. I do but... think it's it's really it's really good to kind of bring it to people's attention. Mm. I mean, like I just said, I don't know how much people who care about football know about this, but there are people that don't care about football, believe it or not, and um, we had no idea. No, until James had the story. I, I wonder how many football fans are also Coronation Street fans. Massive overlap. I don't know. In the Venn diagram, I, it doesn't feel like as much. But I may be wrong. I may be, Everyone loves Coronation Street, surely, don't they? Yes. But then everyone loves football, most people would say. But no. I wa- just watched the um, the England versus Germany match Yes, it's, it's Tuesday now. Did you spot the cut for um, the next day? And I just want to say, I, I always had faith and I knew that we would do it. We did. We, we won 2-0 two two nil. Nil to win. Germany. Amazing. Well done, lads. It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> the only one Tommy or was he playing uh, I didn't see him he might have been a substitute at one point but I wasn't to be honest I had it I, it was on quiet no Tommy I was, I was, no, watching, James I was Bailey. trying to do my work no David Barlow shut up shall no I read Warren Baldwin David oh, Barlow's it. dead no Corey Brent he's he... a young up and comer <laughs> Right, next email, Gemma. This one's from Nancy. Go for it. Leanne did a great job testifying against Harvey. I love the way Leanne started at Sharon when they were waiting for the verdict. Stared. Oh, yeah. She started at it too. <laughs> Sorry, the cat's here now. So. The cat has come to, is going to visit. Cat, and her. The cat was like, what does Nancy have to say? Um, and Nancy says, Abby, Harvey was quite explosive in court when he realised that both Leanne and Sharon were testifying against him. Scenes with Rita, Jenny and Sharon were wonderful. I hope we have not seen the last of Sharon. I think she made a wonderful villain. I would like Michael to interview Tracy. Jenny has been wonderful throughout the whole storyline. The double glammy storyline illustrated the different experience people have with this kind of business. Daisy has been successful while Carol could not sell the stuff. I would like to see Jenny back together. Daisy could still own 5% of the Rovers. I would like to see Jenny as the landlady. I love Sean, Eileen and Carol scenes. It it certainly seems for the moment that it's pretty locked in that Jenny's going to be the landlady. And to to me, that's a positive. If this whole sordid affair had ended with both Jenny and Johnny leaving, or even just Jenny leaving, leaving Johnny there, then would have been that very would have cross. Been, I'd have been so mad at that. But been down there saying, I, I'm really, really send glad that Jenny's in the cloud staying. out to the gates. He she has some things. To she has the potential to be for. a super duper landlady. <laughs> now she's got the chance to to stay there a bit longer. So. Nancy says, Tyrone and Fizz's scenes with the mediator were funny. It was great that they showed Tyrone speaking with Fizz at the same time that they showed Alina feeling ill because she is possibly purgant. She did not look happy. I wish they had not killed off Kirsty. I love Fizz. I like the Steve, Tracy and Emma scenes. Tracy is always funny and I enjoy their banter. I want to see more scenes with banter. I'd like to have seen Debbie in the bistro. Well, she was there. This she week. was there. She she made a flying visit, yeah, didn't she? Yeah, did. she did. I like the summer storyline. I like to see more Todd and summer scenes. Are they going to show the impact type one diabetes is having on summer's life? Yes. I give this week's episodes four little donkeys out of five, and the character of the week is Jenny. Jenny. Thank you, Nancy, very much. And finally, thank you, Nancy, very much. Yes. Finally, we have got a uh, tweet from Rebecca. You didn't get loads of email this week, actually. What's going on, guys? We were flooded with it last week. Because Next week, send us your messages. We love it. Please. When they're allowed to send about, it. Yeah, about Corrie, about was it this, more what, Corrie. How, what week are we on now? Is this the third week? This, of... is the, this is the third week of lockdown. Not lockdown, football Corrie. 
Yeah. Football courage? Um, Rebecca says, I enjoyed the Leanne story last week and I was glad that Harvey was found guilty thanks to her telling everything to the courts. I was surprised that Sharon has now taken over the drug squad. <laughs> drug squad. And I and that also makes me think that even though Tracy has said she's now left, I think she might be back later in the year. Maybe in October for the Super Soap Week. Ooh, good theory. I like that. Keep your eyes peeled. Well, you don't need to keep your eyes peeled, really. I'm sure it'll be fairly obvious if she does. She won't be lurking. <laughs> she does she's come not, back She in. does lurk, but she's really, really pants at it. I agree. That scene with Nick, Natasha and Gail was weird. Why is Natasha keeping on threatening to take Sam away, but then doesn't? I did like being Nick, Nick being supportive to Leanne. That was cute. Um, and I love Jenny being petty towards Sharon and how much Rita we got this week. I also loved how Rita said she was pally with the number nine on the phone. What's that mean? Pally with number nine? What did she say? I don't even remember what that was. As for Jenny, Ronnie is going to save her when Daisy pulls out, isn't he? And he won't be the landlord yet, but will be when he and Jenny eventually gets together. Boo. I'd rather, I'd rather Jenny partnered up with Daisy, and I still don't trust her fully. Still, Daisy's going to hold on for a bit, but she's going to have to tell Jenny about double glammy. Oh, it's all gone now. It's all gone. All out in the open. Daniel's pun of double scammy was brilliant, but I am glad the double glammy storyline now looks as if it has finished. Um, I love Daniel's involvement, but I was also thinking, is Daniel involved in glam- double glammy too? No. I said Alina would be pregnant with how much she and Ty were sleeping around, and I think she will be, but she will keep it. Oh no, will she keep it? I can see Tyrone standing by her, but Fizz is going to flip, although it's really nothing to do with her. I suppose she'll think of Hope and Ruby and think Tyrone will neglect them in favour of the new baby. Fizz and Evelyn winding Tyrone up, though, is still as funny. He deserves it. The tattoo is just, no, Tyrone, no. I'm surprised they killed Kirsty off, but maybe Alina might be interested in the money. Uh, Kirsty will obviously leave, Ru- leave Ruby when she's old enough. Emmett was back to her best this week as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Rebecca, <laughs> thank you very, very much for your email, as always. Um, what do you think that uh, Ruby and Hope will think about potentially getting a little baby brother or oh, sister? Because yeah. we haven't kind of discussed this earlier. I didn't even think and, um, about that. I think they might like that, because Hope definitely doesn't like Alina at the moment. Ruby, we've not seen enough of them together. Little girls are socialised like... to want to take care of baby dolls and... You know, I don't know if this is still how little girls are raised, but you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was you know everyone had a baby doll, didn't they? And it made and little. What did your do do? Cry or wee itself? I didn't have one. Why didn't you? No, I didn't really want how one. How progressive are your parents? Well, you know they're they're reaping it now, aren't they? Because they're only grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, they probably blame themselves to uh, to want a plastic <laughs> doll. I might have gone. Oh, well, I have a real one. What could be the difference? <laughs> it's going to be even better, isn't it? Anyway, um, yeah, I think that they might want something to... A little baby Maybe to, one will want pat, it and one pat. won't. Or one will want a boy and one want a girl. Well, I can imagine um, Ruby... The thing is, because Ruby then would be the middle child, not the youngest. Mm. And there's definitely, you know, that whole syndrome of uh, being the the baby of the family versus being the middle child and being ignored. That's a trope, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Well, we'll have but, to wait and, and see. But they both might not like having attention taken away from them. But on the other hand, change the d- dynamic of the family because if they are excited about having a baby sister or brother, um, they might give more attention to Alina than they do Fizz. Mm-hmm. Alina might be the flavour of the month. For nine months. <laughs> right. It'd be interesting. I think 
to see well, what happens. It will. I think we are done. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, who's written in and contacted us and written on our Facebook group. And I know there was a bit of a, of a wobble in the Facebook group this week, but... Uh, no, yeah, two, no. two more, two more weeks to well, go. You just there. need to explain. You can't just leave it like that. Oh, it's just there was a, there's a mess up with the scheduling. It seems so. Um, it turns out that BritBox in America showed Tuesday's episode or made Tuesday's episode available on Monday night. So all the people that watch it on that thought that it aired, and they started posting about it on our Facebook group. And then I was there. Uh, first thing Tuesday morning or this morning, going, "Hang oh, on a minute, guys, you can't post about this yet. It's not aired yet." And they're like, "Yeah, it's on BritBox." freaking mess this at the moment but anyway thank you everybody for being understanding why i had to go delete 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 with some of those posts um it is an arbitrary rule that the that that on our facebook group you can only talk about things that have been aired in the uk yeah once you you can only talk about it um but we have to make a rule about it sometime because we are a spoiler free um group so Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for that. Um, thank you to thank you to all our listeners, though, and especially thank you to all our lovely, lovely patrons who support us um, and have been doing for a very long time now. We've been coming up to two years since we first started talking about this Patreon, and then um, yeah, it's fantastic. We have been it's been so 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 helpful, and we have got a new Patreon just today. Um, Holly, thank you very much, Holly, for signing up to that. Um, you got your name on the blog, and you got your old shout out here. Thank you very 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 much. Yes, thank you, Holly. And thank you, everyone else. And if you want to email us to talk to us about what's happened this week, you can at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. We also have an Instagram, a Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon accounts, as well as we're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or and the other ones. Else. The Google one, maybe the I Android one, Them possibly, probably everywhere you want. I imagine it's not too hard to find us. I mean, you've, you've, you've managed well so far if you're listening to this. Yeah. So, um, this episode's going to be going out tonight. Hopefully, Tuesday night might be a bit of a late one. Um, and then don't forget on Saturday, come back for our bonus podcast of the week. You'll have to wait a little bit longer to find out what that one's going to be about. And uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday for probably, I guess, our last midweek conversation street. I don't know. Let's we'll see how it goes. And then we have like a massive gap. We will have a gap. So you guys are gonna have to ration yourselves, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you um that's it, I can't be, I don't know what else to say. Uh, do people have people been binging us like we've been binging uh, Coronation Street? Dunno. Dunno. Hope that you've enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Ta-ra. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.